two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week, another episode of Generation X Gaming. I'm your host, 30 and Still Gaming, and join me each and every single week. He's sleeping. Sarge, Sarge, you there? Time for the show. Generation X Gaming is a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories in the past week, and, and we rant along the way. Oh, Sarge is muted. He was screaming. Not muted anymore. Uh, those of you that don't know who we are, I'm 30 and Still Gaming. This is Sarge. We're here Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can watch us live on Twitch and YouTube simultaneously. If you like this type of uh, podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button. It's absolutely free. Hit the follow button. It's absolutely free. Uh, hit the like button. Leave a comment down below. Come back after the fact, after we upload this after the fact, uh, to watch it again. Maybe you missed something. We do break down each episode uh, with timestamps, so you can go straight to the news story and watch what you want to watch, what you think is interesting. Uh, we're here every single Thursday, about 48 weeks of the 52. We miss about four weeks a year, maybe maybe five. Uh, but we're here Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, on today's show, Sarge, on today's show, uh, we're going to talk about Lego and Epic. We're going to talk about the Unreal Engine 5. We're going to talk about Back for Blood. We're going to talk about Activision Blizzard making QA testers. Uh, we're going to be talking about the U.S. Senators are in opposition to Bobby Kodak. We're going to talk about NFTs. We got NFT Corner. After a $600 million crypto heist, we're going to talk more about Axis Infinity, I think it's called. Uh, we're going to talk about G4 TV, what they've done. We're going to talk about Ubisoft and what the hell they're doing. Okay, because I think they don't know what they're doing, and I'm confused what they're doing. We're going to talk about live service games, just in general, about live service games, which we'll mainly talk about Halo and Battlefield at this time. Um, and if we have time, we'll talk a little bit about Twitch, and we'll talk a little bit about Sony. These are the topics for today. If you'd like to help us out in any way, shape, or form, going above and beyond, helping us out for free by either being here or just watching us, listening to us after the fact, watching on or listening to on Google Spotify, Anchor.fm, iTunes. You can also watch us on Spotify for video formats. You can also do Super Chats if you're here live on YouTube, or you can also become a member for a little as 99 cents over here on YouTube, or you can pay $4.99 uh, on Twitch or use your Twitch Prime gaming sub free thing, whatever they tell. If you don't use it, if you're not using it here, make sure you're using it on somebody on the Twitch platform because Jeff Bezos launches a rocket every month to send people to space, and he's just taking your money, and he's laughing maniacally. Like, like, Sarge, give us a, an evil laugh. Give us an evil laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what Bezos sounds like as he's launching his ass up into space because you're not using your Twitch Prime. You're, you're not using your Twitch Prime sub. All right, so make sure you're using on somebody on the Twitch Prime platform or on Twitch platform. All right, Sarge, so the... We we always talk about what you've been playing. I've been playing something new. Have you been playing anything new? Are you still playing ESO? Is there some other game? I should say this. You know, maybe we shouldn't call what you've been playing. Maybe it's by what you've been watching. 
Have you been watching anything that's maybe intrigued us or like that you want to talk about? Maybe you watch YouTube. Maybe you watch the video game on Twitch or YouTube. Maybe you uh, watch uh, a new show. Anything. I got, I got I to be honest. I, I, Nothing. I've, I've basically been reading a lot of stuff online uh, about finance. I'm not really watching anything else. I, 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 I listen to video game news during the day. And then right around after lunchtime, I go right back into reading about finance. And then at night, I play ESO. And then, uh, then I do this show, and then I go back to ESO, and then I watch, I watch all the crazy, tic tac, tic tac, tic tac videos, tic tac, tic tac, tic tac videos, yeah, tic tac, tic tac videos, tic tac videos, got it. I watch tic tac videos on on funny pets because I want to go to sleep thinking of something funny instead of thinking of something depressing. That's basically what I've been doing. Well, here's a here's a funny story. My wife goes, so I saw because she she got a new phone last week, and they try to upgrade her and change our plan. I said, I hope you didn't change our plan, right? I said, I hope you didn't change our plan. <laughs> we have unlimited. Why would we want to change our plan? We have unlimited. They were like grandfathered in, right? They're That's trying right. they're trying to change it because she goes, yeah, we we used two hundred twenty eight gigs last month. I go, no. I go, that's just you. She goes, no. How much did you use? And that's and that's because you've been using Wi-Fi. No, no. This is when I'm in car line. When I watch my YouTube videos, when I'm in car line. Okay, so my cellular data that I'm using. Let's let's play a let's play the guessing game, right? How many gigs? How many gigs? Chat. Do you think that I used in our one month period of time? My wife thought we used 228 gigs between three people, which no. is which which is my wife, you're on, myself. You're on, you're on 700. My my wife, my uh, myself, and my mother in law. My mother in law probably uses like two. You're on seven hundred. Okay. You watch you watch videos all day long. You're on seven hundred. Yeah. So, chat. What do you think in gigabytes? My data is every single month just on my cell phone alone. I already said my piece. Edge Edge says fifty two gigs. Fifty two gigs. Okay. I'm in car line for an hour and a half a day for five days a week. Just to just to put it out there. Just put it out there. I watch it in full HD because <laughs> I have unlimited. <laughs> so I'm watching that crispy, crispy 4K if I can, if it, if it comes in. What do you think, chat? Out there in the, out there in the, uh, the Twitter, in the Twitterverse or the Twitterverse. That's right, Krebs, YouTube, be. right? Krebs, he says 769. Viking says 70 to 80 gigs, right? Leave in the comment section down below, Okay. How much gigs do you think I'm using? Obviously, the answer will be shortly after you put it in there. But uh, maybe, maybe you're just thinking about it. You're saying it in, out loud. But don't do that. Put it in the comments section down below because it helps us out. It helps us out. Okay. Wait, $1. Oh, wait. Wrong game. That's right. One, $1. Yeah, it's not the lowest. It's not the lowest. not going over. It's all right. I use 700. 772 gigs of data. Krebsy is pretty goddamn close. He said 769. That's Krebsy. Krebsy should win something. I don't have anything for you, Krebsy, but yeah, that you should win something. That's a, that's two gigs off of what three gigs off three gigs off. That's amazing. That's a good good guess there. Good guess. Five gigs. Come on, Dmac. Five gigs. That's like an intro to a to a. <laughs> That's like an intro to to like I don't know like Skillup's uh, weekly weekly roundup or whatever he does. 
<clears throat> big trouble up here. There's no such thing as unlimited here. 80 gigs is the biggest we got. Oh, no, we got unlimited. And that's why they tried to... Uh, that's why they tried to take it away. They're they're trying to. They're like, oh, but you'll get you'll get hotspots. My my wife's like, we don't need a hotspot. We have unlimited data. Why do we need a hotspot? <laughs> I'm not, I'm I got a, I got I got a message from my phone company because because uh, T-Mobile bought out Sprint, right? I didn't change nothing, right? I even made sure I was like, I'm not signing any new contracts. I I, I get what I get. This is my contract. And you're like, yeah, yeah, no. I bought a new phone. I'm like, I'm not signing up for another contract. I'm keeping the same contract. I'm just changing out the new phone. I want to make sure. I right. do all that stuff, right? A month later, after I after they see how much data I actually use on my phone, like, uh, yeah, I get I get messages on my phone that say, "You have gone over your data, so certain times might be slower than others." And I and I immediately called them up and I said, "I got this message that says I, I've hit my max data, and so even though I have unlimited data, I might not get the the maximum the maximum uh, speed allowed because of." Because I've gone over, and I go, there's no such thing as going over. Right, it's unlimited. I said I have unlimited. Unlimited. Unlimited means unlimited. It doesn't mean if I get it all at once at the beginning of the month, right, or at the end. Unlimited. Unlimited is unlimited, right? So I don't want to. I don't want to hear about this. If I if I have if I have any problems, I'm calling you every day. Every day I'm calling you. Yeah, I I, I just laugh when they say, "Would you like to switch?" I'm like, "Why? I have the best plan ever. Unlimited." Yeah. It's unlimited. That's because that's because we had it before all this shit. Right, right, right. I've, before I've, YouTube exploded, I paid. Else, I paid data. my. I paid my dues. I've paid right. years and years into this, and I, I'm. I was with you early adopter. Okay, and now yeah, I'm reaping data, the benefits. Data now is not the same as data then. No, data then was like texting and checking your email. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's what data yeah. was. Yeah. Right, you know now what? It's full movies. You know what? 18 hours a day, high res. You know what I'm going to do? Just because I can. I'm going to shut off Wi-Fi, and I'm going to put us on, and I'm just going to let it run in the background as, as, as... You should let it run for the next week. Yeah, I'm going to let it run. While, while, I'm, while, while we're streaming here, I have Wi-Fi off, and I'm just going to let it, let it sell cellular data. You know, what, you know what I find amusing? And, and, and I know people are going to correct me, I'm sure, in, in, the, in the universe, but how is the signal that's going to the tower through the walls of my house? Yep. Right? Through your brain. It's ricocheting right. all the right. all, all that's everything. Going through my yeah. head. We're all going to yeah. have cancer by yeah. 80. It doesn't matter at that Keep point. Keep it right anyway. next to your nutsack. You don't right. want to have kids anymore. Right. There's that signal. Then there's the Wi-Fi signal that just goes to that little machine in my, in my house. And then it, it transposes that to the hard wire that goes to the, like, what are we talking about? <clears throat> yeah. Like, how is one unlimited? Everything's fine, but the stuff that's going through the air—it's just too much. You guys are using too much it, going through the air it, it, signals. You should, you should, if you could. Next time you come over, Sarge, just sit in front of my computer. Somebody, somebody please think about that for a moment. If please. so, if someone thirty years from now says, "I'm sorry, thirty, you have you have cancer to the face," I'd be like, "That's understandable." Like I literally sit in front of this desk. For four hours, right? And I have Wi-Fi and radiation and Xbox and four monitors and cell phones and just, just you can feel, you can literally feel the heat coming off of everything that's in front of me, right? This room is about fifteen to twenty degrees warmer than the rest of the house, okay? So it wouldn't be a shocker. That's like if you're 
800 pounds and someone says uh, you died of a heart attack, be like, oh, man, what a shocker. I'm going to go back what a to shocker. my point. I'm going to go back to my point. There's a signal <laughs> going through the air, guys, right? right. It's a signal. Like the walk of vision. It's a signal that's going through the air. Like walk of vision. It, it's in the air. Now, apparently, there is an invisible stream of signal that happens to be magically going to my phone as well as everybody else's phone within that tower's radius, right? So now at some point, you're telling me that I'm taking up too much of that signal. Right. The, the air. That's coming through the air. You're taking that's too much. Right. The, the bandwidth. Taking up too much. You got to picture it as like a, a straw, maybe. It's like a straw, invisible straw just coming through. Uh, Stealth, I actually did talk to her about it. Um, and we're, we're, we're going to think about it. We're, we're going to think about it. Not only did I, did I, we talk about that for a second, but I found a stream on YouTube that this farm, I don't know where it is, but they just live stream their chickens. Okay. They just live stream their chickens and the chickens just, yeah, that's Timcast, right? Just Timcast live streams their chickens. What do you mean? Timcast? This is called Tim pool. Tim pool has Ch chicken city 24 seven. Oh, is that chicken what it is? Chicken God. city. That's them. I don't, it might be. That's oh, what they do. Well, it's called Chicken City. It is called Chicken yeah, City. That's Tim Pool. Yeah, I didn't know that was Tim Pool. Right. Yeah. So they just stream chickens, and people it's are tipping. Chicken. Let me tell you something, Sarge. This this makes me feel terrible. We do this live for two hours every week. Okay, two hours every week. These chickens made more money. Okay, in ten minutes of me watching, than I made all month. Okay. All month. You have a chicken coop. I know. We have goats. Like we have llamas. Goat. We have baby. Go get we have, some we have, cameras, we have, kid. we have cows. We have, we have everything. What you, the hell you, am I doing, chat? You can call it the nature channel. And yeah. just have music. Birdie and wind, still wind nature. In the background. Into the background. <laughs> and they're just watching animals. I'm uh, telling you. That's real. That's a real thing. Like, right? what Wait, the getting back, getting back to what I was saying. Everybody in the world, every now think of it this way, guys. Everybody in the world currently who's of age has a cell phone, not a house. People, every person has a phone. Here, what, let me signals going through the air, and my unlimited is taken up too much. Look, 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 this is this is this is happening right now. Chicken City, Chicken City, right? Chicken City. This is what you're watching. This is what people are watching, okay? Chickens yeah. roosting and going to bed, right? Yes, that's what they do. There's 93 people watching this right now. Yeah. yeah. There's 20 people watching us right now. We are less entertaining than sleeping chickens. Do you understand that? I, I, I'm not offended by that. I'm not offended either. I'm not okay, offended not that. offended. I can't produce an egg every day. I'm not creating miracles. I'm not sitting here talking to a microphone. I'm not doing anything that's miraculous. Fucking unbelievable. That's, you're watching like 37 miracles happen on a daily basis. <laughs> you know what else is a miracle? That their that phones, there's, there's, there's signals. signals in the, in there's the, in the signals air. Signals on everybody's phone, every single person on the planet. But my phone's using up too much data. That's right. Your, your, your particular Minus. phone in your area is taking up too much of that invisible space that happens. I... I Telling you, man. So, Sarge is not playing anything, and I. That's not true. I am playing something. Well, I'm well, playing. I'm playing ESO. Oh, ESO. But yeah, you don't want to. Yeah. You want to. All right. So, what I've been, what I've been playing, I bought. It's been, it's been a rough week. I built a doghouse. 
My son broke his arm, and I bought him Lego he Star fractured. Wars. He fractured his arm. He can't get credit for breaking an arm. He fractured it. Broke it in two, two bones. It's 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 hairline. Hairline fracture is worse than a break. You want it to be broken. Oh, hairline's you want much, it broken? No, hairline's much worse. He's he's still growing. It'll be fine. Oh, like yeah, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, At not... seven years old, eight years old, you got, you're like Wolverine. Your yeah. bones just grow. So I bought him Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. He started playing. I played it by myself. You didn't buy me Star Wars Lego Saga. I didn't I did buy you. Can we play it online or not? No, you cannot play it online. Why Why can't we play the Lego game online? I, I don't know. I don't Every know. other fucking game on the planet's online all the time. Yep, and not, all I want to do Legos. is play Lego with my brother. And yep. we can't even play it. Can't do it. It's couch co-op or nothing. Well, my, you'll be happy because... Because your, your, nephew, like ourselves. your nephew, your nephew, no, your nephew said happy. we should get it for Switch. Said this, hand on my heart. He said we should get it on Switch. So when we go down south, Uncle Jim could play with me, right? Because if he played it on Xbox, I would have to carry the Xbox down. But he wanted it on the Switch so he could play it on the go. Then he could bring it and you could and you could play it with them. Okay, okay. So that's a good that's a good nephew right there. Okay, I was like, you know what? I wanted to get it on Xbox, but you're right. We'll get it for Switch. Now, I did. we did have a little bit of a problem. Very first board, playing co-op. Very first board, we're in the Nebula, or Nebula. We're in the uh, Naboo Fighter, and we're in... I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Yeah. Is everyone in chat and the rest of the people who watch you allowing you to continue to say board instead of level? Oh, they, they, they hate when I say board, and that's... I know. That's exactly, I'm just curious. That's exactly I'm just why curious. I do it. Because yeah. that's what we say. Yeah. This is the board that we're playing. Yeah, that's the board. Board is level. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same same thing. Right, right. Right, so play on the board, and we're in the Trade Federation ship, okay? We're going through and start collecting all the all the coins, all the studs, right? And then we get through the first level, like the first door, where you, you know, in, in, in Phantom Menace, where they break through the door, and they cut through, and then the droids come in, and then all of a sudden the game crashes. And I'm like, oh, it like kicks this hard crash out of the Switch, like to the main menu. So then we had to go back in and do it again. And then we did the exact same part again. And then, boom. Does it again. And I'm like, ah. I tweeted out. I was like, look, I, I just paid. I just bought this game. Right? I spent $75. Okay? And I can't play co-op because it keeps crashing. What's I get a $75? Yeah, $75. It's $60. And then $15 for the, for the seven DLCs. Oh, for the seven deal that that are not out yet. There's two or three out, and then the rest come out by by May fourth. Okay, uh-huh. so okay. they're just characters anyway to put. Oh, I, I got it. Right. I got it. Oh, and I'll I'll go into that in a second. That that's also pisses me off. So I'll, I'll hear that in a second. So it keeps crashing. So then we got back in the board for the fourth time, and I said, you know what? Stop collecting stuff. Just run. We ran through the end of the board, completed it, and it hasn't seemed to crash anymore. In, in co-op. Because uh, you, weren't, you, weren't, you weren't doing more than 10 things at once, so the game was fine. Well, we've been doing everything else, and it hasn't crashed since then. It's just only crashed in the very Trade Federation ship, right? The games are a lot of fun. A couple changes they've made is the camera's a lot closer to you now. So it's like over the shoulder third, like when you like push in. It's too close. When you push in with the, when you're shooting a gun, it like zooms in a little bit. It's sort of like a third-person shooter, like a, like a Battlefront type of third person, like real close. Um, it, it's it, not the far away thing. It's just not around. as far as it was anymore, right? Which is better and worse because the depth of field is not as bad. Remember in the in the Lego games, like when you try to jump on something, the depth of field sometimes you miss because you can't can't judge it correctly. That's, that's a learning curve. That's not a thing anymore. At least to me, it, it's not. 
Um, the the menu systems are a little bit clunky, so there's no customization characters anymore. You can't customize your character anymore. Like you can't make your own Jedi. It's Lego. Yeah, no, you can't do it. Don't it's know Lego. why. I don't know why, but you can't do it. But it's Lego. Get four characters instead of like 15 characters per your free play now. But you can change it any time. It's change, Lego. You can change it any time. Okay. So the menu system is a little clunky though. So you have to go to the menu system, go to the character thing, then pick, and it's like it'll be like Jedi, hero, scavenger, bounty hunter. You know, and they're all. If you want to pick a different character, you got to go into the menu system, scroll down, go into the thing, pick the thing. Now, to unlock certain characters, there's a quest line that you have to do to unlock it. To unlock it. Once it's unlocked, you have to use the studs that you've been collecting to purchase the thing. So it's no microtransactions or anything like that. Just the studs, the coins that you pick up to unlock and, and then use those. Um, there's over 300 characters in the game. That's fun. The The cinematics are much better the animations are cool uh you can do combo fighting now so you like you can hit like x y b a and he does different different maneuvers when you're a jedi um there's lots and lots of do cool little puzzles to do you know obviously it's for kids right so you're, you're not gonna be struggling oh, you're not gonna be struggling mean, to figure out it's not stuff. like elder ring yeah you're not it's not elden ring right and it's also not like uh some some crazy zelda breath of the wild puzzles scenarios right so there, there is, there is um, some puzzles and stuff. So much to do. I've played about six hours so far, and we're still in Phantom Menace. Still in Phantom Menace. There's, there's a lot to do as far as 100%ing everything, getting all oh, the Kyber sure. crystals. But I, think, but I think you have to go through it without doing 100% you, you to pick do. up the other characters and yeah. come back. Yeah, you have to unlock certain characters and stuff like that. Um, they almost have like a No Man's Sky-ish when you're flying in the ships. But there's like invisible walls. You're in you're in space and you're doing certain things. You're like, oh, can I fly to that planet like No Man's Sky? And you start flying towards it, and then all of a sudden, boom, you hit a wall, like invisible wall. But you do travel between planets. So you can there's multiple sections of the planets. There's multiple planets in the in the quadrant. There's 23 planets total to go to. We've unlocked, I think, four. Um you get to play certain parts of the movie that you didn't see in the movie. Like, for instance, um, in New Hope, I saw other people playing it. Like, you're playing Leia in the ship when Darth Vader is trying to get the plans to the Death Star, right? As you're taking, and you're, you're playing Leia, which you don't. Like, in the movie, you don't play Leia, right? You just see Leia. So there's, like, different moments in the, in the, in the game that, that plays. Like, for instance, I... Spoiler alert for anybody that doesn't want to know. Uh, the fight scene with uh, Darth Maul at the end of Phantom Menace... Um... Qui-Gon doesn't die before, so it's like two-player co-op. So I was Qui-Gon, my son was Obi-Wan, right? And we're, we're fighting the boss fight of Darth Maul. Well, at the end, Qui-Gon doesn't die. You kill Darth Maul as the boss, right? And you're like, oh, I, I literally said this. I go, oh, Qui-Gon doesn't die because you cut Darth Maul in half. Well, all of a sudden, Darth Maul crawls over to and has the lightsaber in his mouth, and he stabs, he stabs Qui-Gon after the fact, and then Qui-Gon dies. It's like, oh, that's pretty funny. So they have, like, little, little humorous things. And then... Obi-Wan chops his head off now. So now he's in three pieces. And then his head's just on the ground. And he's like growling at people. So then he kicks them and does the force push and they all fall down the thing. So there's, there's a lot of stuff like that. So it's a fun game. I, I really think it's a... Uh, I'm going to play a lot more going through it. But I think by far it's the best Lego game they've, they've cre created so far. Now, I'm going to take this into the next kind of story, Okay. The things they've implemented into Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, it almost feels 
like there's rumors that they might do another Legos MMO. Now the MMO that came out was a bomb. It it, it, it was trash. It lasted like two years and it was good. It was done. But they're in talks in the rumor mill that they might do another MMO type stuff. And I was like, I can see what they're implementing here. There's like skill trees. There's there's open worlds that you can go around. There's a lot of uh, exploration. There's a lot of stuff that can go in. And the first story I want to talk about, Sarge, as we talk about it, as we do top stories real fast. All right. The first top story I want to talk about is Lego teaming up with Epic Games. Now, I've been talking about Epic Games and what they've been buying and what they've been doing, okay, with the Unreal Engine 5 and their says, metaverse. Just Lego times Epic. It yeah. doesn't say plus. Yeah, no, it's it's times. They've 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 joined forces. They've combined efforts. It's multiplied. They've multiplied not, Legos. It's better than Epic an addition. Games. Yeah, yeah. It's better than addition. It's Lego times Epic, yeah. which is Lego times even epic more games. epic. Yeah. Right. It's even more epic. Right. It's double epic. So it's not double epic. It's you don't know what it is. It's but it's a multiplication of. Well, epic. no, it's epic, and then it's epic on top of epic, double epic. Well, I, I don't know what would the value of of epic be in it's that? It's like would it's like, like a... selling hotcakes. Like the, the... oh, yeah, all right, all right. So Lego is teaming up with Epic Games, and Epic Games is making a metaverse. We know this. I've talked about what I think is what Epic is doing with Fortnite making some sort of MMO, right? Now, this is just my theory, okay? Maybe Epic is not making an MMO, but maybe Lego and Epic are making an MMO, right? So the stuff they're implementing. So the Lego group has announced a long-term partnership with Epic Games with uh, aimed to making this a nebulous concept or imaginative future internet safe and fun for children and families. In a joint statement released earlier today, the two companies expressed the intentions to team up to build an immersive, creatively inspiring, engaging digital experience for kids of all ages to enjoy together. Okay, This experience, they claim, will give kids access to tools that will empower them, become confident creators, and deliver amazing play opportunities in safe and positive spaces. Neither LEGO nor Epic offer much information about what the experience will look like, but child safety... Online is heavily emphasized throughout the announcement. Lego Group CEO uh, states that he has the responsibility to make digital play safe, while Epic CEO Tim Sweeney says he's excited to build a space in a metaverse that's fun, entertaining, and made for kids and families. The announcement also lists three principles that will guide the development Lego and Epic planned experience, which are protect children's rights to play by making safety and well-being a priority, safeguard children's privacy by putting their best interests first, and empower children and adults with tools that give them control over digital experiences. While it isn't explicitly stated, this repeated line about child safety seems like a clear shot across the bow of Roblox Corporation, which this is why I don't let my son play Roblox, because Roblox is like this Wild West open world type of, you know, it's fun, but there's no, there's no safety. Like your kid could be pulled in by some predator or anything like that, right? And I'm sure they could do it with other games as well, but Roblox is like a, uh, like I said, the Wild West, okay? which has recently been a accused of building a massively profitable gaming platform off the back end of exploiting underpaying young game developers, all while failing to protect the child-heavy audience from scammers and unsuitable content. Now, Lego certainly knows a way around creating child-friendly experiences with Epic's Fortnite is increasingly shifted from straight battle royale shooter to being second life with guns, 
but there's also nothing in the announcement that makes the metaverse sound like any less woolly. Is it worth remembering that the driving the whole Web3 concept is desired of, of community digital social spaces? Look at how Tom, uh, Tim Sweeney describes the metaverse in Washington Post as he quoted a powerful titled uh, Polmic uh, about his the idea. Now he says, a car maker who wants to make a, make a persistence in the metaverse isn't going to run ads. They're going to drop the car into the world in real time, and you'll be able to drive it around the world. So, for instance, if Chevy wanted to advertise for their cars, they wouldn't advertise their car by putting an ad, hey, buy Chevy. They would just drop a Chevrolet car in the actual game, and you would drive a Chevy in the car, right, in, in the game. And they're working with lots of content creators with different experiences to ensure the car is playable here and there, and that's receiving attention that it deserves. Now, to me, this sounds rather more uh, than simply running an ad, which is leastly overly selling to rather than uh, uh, converting. Okay, it says Lego is increasingly just buildable advertisements for a whole bunch of different brands from Star Wars to Mario. So perhaps where I... We're just an old man yelling at the clouds. Nonetheless, I think it's worth treating the announcement with some skepticism until we see hard footage of Lego slash Epic Metaverse in action. Now, obviously, if they're making a metaverse with Lego, Lego makes a whole bunch of stuff, right? Stealth and Chat builds a lot of Legos, right? He just built the uh, the Ghostbusters uh, Ecto-1. He built the DeLorean, right? Imagine that if you're playing a metaverse now, like what Epic has built for, for Fortnite, but now they have the brands of the Legos on top of the IPs that they have. So Lego makes the IP of said thing, right? Epic works with Horizon Forbidden uh, or Horizon Dawn. He worked with Spider-Man and Batman and Superman and Star Wars and Harry Potter and Scooby-Doo and Friends and uh, Seinfeld. Like there's so many things that Lego's been with. So Legos and Epic seem like two forces that can combine together to make a Lego, a Lego metaverse, which would be pretty interesting. What do you think about this, Sarge? Do you think they're making some sort of metaverse? Like, mm -hmm. obviously, they say metaverse, but do you think that Legos is making some sort of MMO esque type game? I think, I think, I think Lego wants a piece of Minecraft. They they know that they're made for kids. It's a building process. They have to get their foot in the door. If they come out with something really good, Epic can make it happen for them. And so, yeah, I do think it's some type of MMO thing. I do think it's some massive. Yeah. Imagine for a moment if you're a kid and the longer you play the Lego game, and I, I don't want to call it an MMO just quite yet because you have a set cert, a set uh, right, mindset. You, right. When you say, when you say MMO, you, yeah, you think we'll World call, of we'll, call it a multi, we'll call it a multiplayer adventure. Okay? okay. We'll call that's what we'll call it. Right. Imagine the longer you play Lego, the more sets. You could actually unlock. So you could actually build the sets that you never had or could never find. In, in your world. In your world. Yeah. So if I want to make the downtown city thing, I can keep unlocking those complicated buildings and actually build them in game and make my own Lego town or, pay, or my own Lego or, space or pay town. a microtransaction to, to unlock it. I'm down. I'm trying to be nice first. I know. Why do you have to be throwing? Why do you have to throw shit around all the time? I'm trying to make it nice. That's all. I, I do believe for sure that they they have that in mind because there is no greater pool of kids than the one growing up with video games right now. Right? Because if I start with Lego as a kid, I could build Legos as a kid on the on my console, right? 
Then I get older. I'm into Lego immediately. Mommy, mommy, yeah. daddy, daddy. Yeah. I want to. They don't need microtransactions. It's the greatest advertisement ever. I, I love Legos. I love Legos. They're models to me. I, I love building them. I, I don't care that I'm 43 years old building Legos. I, I don't give a two shits what people think of me. Okay. I absolutely love Legos. I think they're the, one of the greatest toys ever created in the human race. Okay. Plastic blocks that you can add together and make whatever you want. This is why I think Minecraft is such a great game. And I was always mind boggled that Legos that made, Le the, you know, the, the company Legos that made the physical game, physical blocks didn't come up with the idea of a video game of Legos. Right, they made Lego World, and they've tried different versions of Legos, but they never made what Minecraft made, and that's why people love Minecraft so much because you can build so much with it. Okay, so so much so they know that Lego knows the clientele of what they're doing now. They have higher end sets like the Ecto One, like the DeLorean, where much more difficult sets to build. There's even sets on top of that you have to be 18 plus to build because they're just too complicated. Okay, they're not easy for for kids. I think that Lego. If look, if I could get a Lego game, Sarge, it's open. Like, let's say it's like Second Life, Sarge. Let's say Epic and Lego make a Second Life, but with Legos. Okay, that's the metaverse. That that's the what I see in my head, like a Second Life game, but with Legos. Where, what about if I buy the Ecto One and I build it in game, and then I drive the that car as my car? Like, I pay. I I know people hate. I I put this out there, but you could pay a microtransaction instead of buying the set in real life for one hundred and fifty dollars. You can buy it for $15, a digital copy of it in the actual world, and then build it in the actual world. You can have your own server. You get the sets of the buildings that are retired that you could never buy anymore, and then you could buy them in the actual digital world of LEGO's metaverse. I think this is cool because, one, you don't have room to put all these fucking LEGOs in your house, right? So you, you have to build these things and then put them somewhere, in this digital world, you could have like a trophy room or you could have a room where you're building all this stuff. I think that would be pretty cool. Legoland and Fortnite launches alongside Lego Universe that will be updated for over 10 years. The Lego will team with Epic to push Lego movie shows and etc. You know, Krebs, yeah, that's 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 a brilliant idea with with Ninjago and all these other Batman movies they come out Wait, with I'm Lego. Like, you know what Legos are? Dude, there's so much that Legos Imagine can do. But listen, imagine being able to build all the sets of Lego without having to buy the sets of Lego. Right. That's what I'm saying. That that's your sales pitch right there. No cleanup. I'll never step on a Lego yeah, again. No cleanup. So I don't know. I think this is a pretty cool, pretty cool uh story from them. Uh we'll like to see what happens with it. Now, going from the Lego Epic to the next story, the next story has to deal with Epic still. It's Unreal Engine 5 news from Epic Games Showcase. Now, Epic Games states Unreal Showcase was packed with exciting news and surprising developments, and there has been a lot of news to unpack. Hey, Epic Games first showed off its game engine way back in 1998 with the first look of first-person shooter game Unreal Engine. That's Sarge. Nothing. Is that, a, is that a Reese's Take 5? Is that what I just saw? No, it's fine. Uh, okay. the, the engine's various iterations have been used for a multitude of genres, a variety of developers across the video game industry. Okay, Now, although Epic Games hasn't been shy 
when it comes to showing off the Unreal Engine 5 and capable of extending State of Unreal 2022 showcase earlier this month, gave gamers a proper look at everything the game engine has to offer, as well as some exciting new announcements. The live stream event showed off several big developers that have ad adopted the Unreal Engine 5 for upcoming projects, as well as a deeper dive into what makes the game engine so impressive, with a glimpse of a few technical aspects. Okay. Unreal Engine 5 has several key features that will help set apart from previous iterations, as well as it shows off some of the future of video games might look like thanks to the impressive photorealism cutting-edge technology Epic Games has called Unreal Engine 5, the world's most open, advanced, real-time 3D creation tool, claiming that it gives developers a chance to push visual and technology boundaries with video games, and this is an exciting time for both gamers and developers. As video games are becoming more and more visual, impressive, and technology groundbreaking, the Unreal Engine 5 seems to be the forefront of this. Now, with some of the video games industry's biggest, most well-respected uh, names confirming that they've been using the Unreal Engine 5 for the next projects, the more details look at just the engine entails is a recent state of Unreal events. Okay, so state of Unreal. Uh, the showcase demonstrates how the developer community has been able to create the Unreal Engine 5 since the early access since May of 2021. Now, one of the found found foundational features of Unreal Engine is the Nanite, which is a visualized micro-polygon geometric system which allows games to import highly detailed photographic source material in order to create worlds that feel both realistic and comprehensively designed. Alongside, porn. Right. Alongside Nanite and, and Lumi, which removes the need for designers to create a light map for specific scenes and calculates its own real-time light characteriz characterizations. Described as a fully dynamic global illumination solution that immediately reacts to the scene and the light changes, Lumi will also work on the unrealistic realistic light reflections and corresponding shadows to help give games a realistic depth. This is the same stuff they're using in Mandalorian and all the other shows that they're doing now for Star Wars, right? The background changes, they can move the sun, they can do all this stuff, and it does it in real time. So along with the full release of Unreal Engine 5, Epic Games also showed off a new multiplayer project named Lyra, which is it demonstrates a tool to show off everything the game engine is capable of. While Lyra might have a start off as a fairly basic shooter with average environments and generic character models, Unreal Engine 5... Uh, prowse of a really showcased the in-game editor mode. Unreal Engine 5 Lyra allowed detailed light manipulation, scenery changes, and even quick transitions directly into game to test it all out. Unreal Engine 5 is also about finding a whole new approach to trans ter terraforming the way the content is made and experienced. Lyra represents, uh, showed exactly how to achieve this. Uh... So Gears of War developer Coalition is also featured during the showcase, giving players a glimpse of the new cinematic demo called The Cavern. They also, which ran the real-time Unreal Engine 5 demo demonstration and how the engine can deliver movie-quality assets, which certainly looked impressive, but fans shouldn't get too excited as the Coalition was clearly clear that it did not represent a game project. It was merely look at what the Unreal Engine 5 was capable of. Um, is there an actual... Is there a footage of this they perform oh if they they show it anywhere is there footage Krebsy can you find and send me a link of if they did the Unreal Engine 5 uh, showcase anywhere I would like to see some footage of, of what they do obviously I, I see the pictures play the, the Matrix uh, cinematic demo so Sarge what do you think as far as what, where do you think this is going to go? 
Where do, where do you think this is going to go with the Unreal Engine 5 and what Epic has in store, right? They're working. We obviously, we heard Tim Sweeney talk about it in the past, but now everyone's using it, right? So certain games, Crystal Dynamics has said that they're going to be using uh, the next Tomb Raider. Um, who else said they were going to use it? There was, there was another company said that they've switched over to, think, to Unreal I think as well. They wanted, I think they want to get some test games out with Unreal Engine Thanks, 5 Krebsy. out officially, and then they're going to figure out what they want to do with it. I, I don't think they want to enter. They don't think they want to entertain the public by telling them what they're going to do with with the Unreal with Epic and Unreal Unreal Engine Five until they're sure. Like I know it's something big, but they got to make sure it works the way it's supposed to work. If you want everyone to think about next level graphics, next level gaming, you're going to pay more for everything, and you're going to be completely okay with it. Then whatever they're talking about has got to work. It's got to work the way it's supposed to work. That Matrix thing looked decent. I'm not going to say it didn't look great. I said, but it's not not solid. It uh, looks good, but it's not solid. I'm, I'm speeding it up just to, to go through it faster, but this is the footage that they show. This is all done in the Unreal Engine 5 uh, on the screen. Uh, wow, Tim Sweeney looks real. They are, they are, <laughs> they are, building, they are building it up to be something spectacular but it can't land like Facebook's metaverse did. You know what I mean? To get everyone hyped up about something and then show me some goofy looking uh, avatar from Xbox 360 walking around and you're supposed to interact with your friends in a metaverse. And if you think that's what it's supposed to be, meanwhile, I've seen this Matrix video about a hundred times now. And like, if that's the future of gaming, then, then we have something to talk about. Yeah, but then, but then, if it looks this good, but it, microtransactions are everywhere, then it's out everywhere. Of the, yeah, everywhere, 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 everywhere. It'll it'll be bad. I'll try to I'll try to look look uh, look ahead. But here. you'll say, but you'll say to yourself, it's fine because look how awesome it looked. Yeah, so this is Lyra. This that that multiplayer game they were talking I, about. In the I'll be honest with you, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Matrix game, right? You know what I saw when I saw the Matrix video? I saw Battlefield. I want to see Battlefield like that. You want to talk about a mill sim? You want to talk about an amazing war simulator? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look how they're just changing the light and stuff right, right on the fly. This, this I feel, is necessary. Didn't which... we talk about that? Didn't we talk about that it was time for a new engine to come out, like another engine well, yeah. to come out? Right. What I like about this is, look how fast they're changing the, the just the maps. On the fly, they're, they're changing these. They can change the color. They can change the stuff. This is what's needed for games of a service, live service, okay? As long as the game works, right? They can constantly change stuff, and it just, it just is just that simple. So on one day, they could, they could bring in something and bring in a new map, change it on the fly, constantly change stuff. This is what people are looking for. This is why Epic is doing so well with Fortnite. They change that map constantly that map is just one map but it's changing constantly they're, they're always putting new stuff in that game over and over and over and this is why it's been a pop popular game for the last five years right since 2017 now with the unreal engine 5 this this takes the next level right this takes it to the next level where you can constantly just make maps different look you just put a brand new obstacle in the way of the map instantaneously Yeah, it's it's free. Anyone can use it. So 
Epic has been like this for years, okay? Their software, anybody right now, can use Unreal Engine. You can download it. You can start making stuff and, and doing whatever you want. You have access to all of the assets that are in the actual engine itself. You can start creating all the stuff that you want. If you start to sell it, you got to pay a fee, okay? And you get a percentage. They take a percentage and you get a percentage. But I think it, they dropped it to 8%. So they take 8% of all sales. Now think about this, right? Now let's say that Madden starts to use this or Battlefield starts to use the Unreal Engine and Epic is just sitting back. They're not even making games anymore. Everyone's just using their engine. Everyone is using their engine because it's so adaptable. It's so good. Can you imagine, chat, if Crystal Dynamics made Marvel Avengers using the Unreal Engine? It'd be a completely different fucking game, okay? It would be a game that actually works, and they can update it as a live service. All of these, all of these systems could be doing it, right? So if Unreal Engine just sits there and just makes money 8% of all sales from every single video game company that's making video games is like, what yeah, we'll a, use your what engine. A, what a, what a, what a shithouse that store's going to look like. Everybody in the world selling something from the Unreal Engine 5, whether it be an NFT or something else to, to use some kind of game asset that you made, they get 8%. Meanwhile, it'll be like the largest garage sale ever. Yeah. It'll be like scrolling yeah. through like hundreds of just stupid things. Just amazing though for them, 8% of the world. I'll, I'll, take, I'll, I'll take 8%. Yeah, 8%. 8%. Listen, remember, guys, there are gamers and there are, there are no gamers. But as time goes on, everyone will be a gamer. Yeah. Everyone, well, born, everyone born right now, when they get older, everyone beneath them will have been playing games at some point, whether it be mobile, console, or PC. It, you're involved in gaming. This, this take, look, I, I'm going to go past this, past video games. What I'm watching right here on screen right now look look at the store right you can add to the cart $12 for this asset right machinima movies that were yeah. huge in the past you can now make your own goddamn films from the yep. comfort of your house by other people and you can make your own stories and own landscapes and do all this stuff right and if you want to put the time in you can make your own stuff and bring it into your as an asset or if you want other people to take their stuff, you can pay for it and, and do it yourself, right? I, I told you, ep years ago I've said this, okay? Yeah, but they could take pictures of anything. Anything. With it's your cell phone and bring it into the actual it, thing. It's the engine. Yes. That's insane. Anything in the world. Yes. I could take a picture of anything and put it into the engine. Yes. It's right? madness. Look, look at the customization that you can do. This, this is, to me... As the tech guy and being in the, the film industry, this, this is, is awesome. This is awesome, right? You could literally make anything you want at this point and, and make a, a complete... You can make your own TV show. You can make your own movie. You can make your own short film. You can make your own trailer. You can make your own character in the game and put it as an asset for something, right? It, possibilities are endless. What Star Wars is doing... I can't wait for this, Sarge. I can't wait for this. Star Wars will have better fan-made films than actual Star Wars making this stuff. Yeah. Mark my words. Bo big book of bull. I don't have to mark it. Big book of bull. I'm telling you right that's, that's, now. It'll be fact. It'll be fact. Fan films of Star Wars going to the future using the Unreal Engine, okay, would be using this 
engine and making better films than the actual company making the films itself. Wait for it. I'll have to watch this afterwards, right? Because there's all they talk about the whole story. That's that is next level. Yeah, that's that's a step in the right direction when it comes to the evolution of gaming. That is because now if EA wants everything done in Unreal Engine Five as opposed to saying do everything in Frostbite, which blows ass, then at least they have something to work with. Look! Look how fast it is to upload this stuff. Look at this. Sick, dude. This is amazing. Some of you in chat right now might become the next game developer. Might become the next machinima person that has a story to tell. Right? Some of you might, right? Some of you might have a completely different career. You might go around taking pictures of objects in the world and sell just them just to put them on the thing to so they could people could buy them. Yeah. Right? Well, the Unreal Engine 5 only came out last year publicly for, since May 2021 is when they released it. Now, in the film industry, they've been using it for three years, right? Because that's the Unreal Engine 5 is what they're using for the scenes that they made inside of uh, Mandalorian uh, and Boba Fett and now Obi-Wan and whatever other movies they decided to, to use that, that screen on. Okay. Look, I, I said it before and I'll say it again. Epic Games is next level now. They're, they're not about just making video games. They're about making a completely different... They're making an industry. Industry. Making an industry. What George Lucas did for the industry back, back in the day, Epic is doing now, but on a... Uh, like, just... The, the, the curve is just shooting up so much, so much higher, so much faster. Uh, exponentially faster. I mean, look, at, look at this. I can't wait to see what people create. I can't wait to see what people create. Welcome to Unreal Creators. So anyone can download this thing. I might have to look into this. I might dabble in this just to see what I can do with it. Okay. So look, look at the detail on the people's faces, man. Yeah. <clears throat> look at this. Look at the, look at the, look at the shadows. The, the way that the sand's moving, the lighting off the crystal. Yeah, this is, this is nuts. Yep. See, I'm not excited about video games. I'm excited just for tech and, and, and the way the industry is and what people are going to create. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to love that in general. So I'll have to watch this later. But yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff for, uh, for Epic. And I think good stuff for the industry, just the industry in, in itself. But that that's the main point. That's the main point. Yeah. I think it's going to, it's, I, I think. It will, it will change the industry. Well, I, I think it goes into our next, our next topic, right? Live service games. Okay. Live service games are, are struggling. That's, is, is an understatement. Okay. Is an understatement. So there was a Reddit post and this, I'm getting this from Bueller News. Okay. Uh, I watched their video on it a couple days ago, and they're talking about a Reddit post, and a Reddit post user talks about how this is what the guys, this is what he says. He says, thank you very much for the 16-month membership. I just butchered your name, but you know, it is what it is. Yep, this is like uh, Lucas, ILM. 
was contracted by everyone for the effects. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for the 16 months. I appreciate you very much. Thanks for becoming, uh, keeping, maintaining your membership. Appreciate that. So, um, so the Reddit user says, I honestly wish they would come out and say, due to our short staff restraints as of late, this is what causes the fair amount of delays. And on our side, we do apologize for any unfortunate circumstances, proper updates, and where we should be in terms of live service features. Now, 343 Community Manager comes out and says, there are indeed a lot of challenges and constraints. We're certainly not happy and unable to meet players' community expectations. This is a difficult situation. We're going to take the team time to work through. Right now, the focus is on Season 2, and we have more to share on that in the coming weeks. Meanwhile, a lot of production planning, costing, planning, Hiring, etc., is all happening, which doesn't really lead to detailed regular updates. We understand the community is simply out of patience, and frankly, I think it's understandable, tired of words, and we just need some time for the team to get the details sorted out, and then we can certainly share as much as we can. From that statement, Sarge, what do you hear from that? What do you hear from, uh, you know, production planning, costing, planning, hiring? In a, in a live service uh, game that's out for six I mean, months. What, what, why, why do we have to talk like we're retarded? I, I don't want to talk to people in chat like they're five years old and they just discovered video games for the first time, just like they discovered themselves. If you are hiring people and putting things together in order to make a live service game, then you were not ready for a live service game. Right. You weren't ready, right? If you are putting into place right now the team needed in order to keep your game live service, then you don't have a live service game. You have a game, and you're waiting for content, which is called DLC, right. right? That's what it's called, right? When you have something new to release to the people, it's called DLC. Live services, always on. Someone's always on there doing something, and then every couple of weeks, or something, something happens, or they, they implement some other new rule, or they're beta testing something, right? Do you know what a live service game actually is? I don't think they Come do. Come on, chat. Everyone, everyone I mean, knows what a live service do. game is. A live service game, and I'm not changing vocabulary words anymore, right? A real live service game is an MMO. An MMO is a live service game. It's always on. Somebody's always on it, and they're constantly tinkering with things tinkering it, all the fixing time. Fixing it, updating right? it, yeah. Gear-wise, level-wise, whatever. They're, they're, they're messing around with something, right? That's the, that is live service. What they're talking about here is complete and total trash. You can call it whatever you want. Live service, as far as, it's called dead service to me. That, right. A dead service game means you release a game that's broke, and you have nobody updating it until you feel like doing it. So it's basically just a broken game waiting to be fixed. That's what it is. Yeah. Th this. So what, what are we, why are we mincing words, right? Define live service for me. Define it. Well, and then tell me if you sold that to me. Here, here this, is what, this is what live service game is. Abe, come on in. Yeah. Let's go through the list of live service games, shall we? Live service in general has been vagoded. Okay, live service games are, are, are struggling big time here, okay? Someone in the Reddit post says, I just don't understand how live service content is only being planned and hired for now when you announced the game as a live service game over two years ago, okay? Now, someone comes in and says, well, to be honest, for the hiring, it seems related to the contractors, okay? Which we'll go into, okay? One of the, one of the things that, that the problem is, Jason Schreier chimed in and said, at Microsoft, contractors can only work for 18 months max. 
They can then come back after six months break, but Microsoft uses so many contractors that it's limited leads to a lot of uh, iterations, okay? And for games that take four plus what? years to make, like Halo Infinite, it has been disruptive. Yes, Sarge. Uh, yeah, question for 30. Uh, if you're using contractors that can only work for 18 months and then you have to let them go for six months and then a new group of people have to come on to fill the gaps, doesn't that mean the continuity of whatever product you're making for the live service will be different because different people are working on it? Shouldn't people be on a permanent, permanent basis on the live service game that people who made the game so they know about their own game in order to, in, in order to expedite any updates needed for the game? Right. In other words, what the fuck are you talking about? Contract work. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the problem, look, I, I've said this before. Back in the day, it would take three to five years to make a game. Make a game, release a game, sell a game. Right? Three to five years. Now, it takes two to three years to make a game, and it's not done. Right? It still takes three to five years, but they're releasing it two to three years in the process, and then releasing it to the public, and then for the next right. two years... And fix that up for the next two or three right. years. Right, and for the next two years, they're just fixing it or well, five completing years, five it. Five years total. Right. Doesn't mean that right. while it's not released. Right. Instead of just... releasing it, instead of releasing it three to five, they're releasing it 18 months to three years. And then, and then they, they fix, fix it for the, the next two years. Right. That's the problem. So that's, that's what's happening with Halo right now, right? The other live service game that's having problems right now is... Well, let me let me just bring up the next the next titles card. All right. So, Battlefield before, before you even get into it. <laughs> you need to plug you need to plug Battlefield Friends. Everyone in chat needs to know about it. Oh, go watch! Go watch the latest episode. The latest of Battlefield episode of Battlefield Friends, Friends is fantastic. Right? Perfect. It's a ten. Yeah, they hit it on the nose, people. Yeah, they hit it on the nose. It, if you watch Battlefield fantastic. Friends, you need to watch the new episode. Yeah. Thank you, Neebs. Thank you, Neebs. Yeah. So the, love you guys. Okay, so Battlefield is a live service game. And despite the poor numbers of Battlefield has generated, the new Battlefield title is in active development. And we've talked about this the last couple of weeks. And EA is providing resources needed to bring back the franchise. Now, DICE is obligated to give the obligated pass, okay? To release obligation four. Pass. Right, the, oh, obliga the obligation pass. The obligation pass. To release four specialists and four battle passes or obligation pass for Battlefield 2042. And we know that at least one map named Exposure will come to the game this summer. Now, a large portion of DICE has now moved on to the next title in the series as the industry standard. Now, however, there is still a strong, dedicated team working on Battlefield 2042. Sure there is. And the future content, despite concerns from the community, and the game has been abandoned. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Quick question, 30. When you say, what was that adjective you used? Strong something? Developers, read a that strong part again? and dedicated team working on a Battlefield 2042 for its future hey. content despite concerns. So my question is, when you say strong, dedicated team, do you mean like guys who go to the gym like four days a week? Maybe, like maybe mentally they're like, strong. They're like programmers and they're like they're like strong. they're buff, like that kind of team. The team of like three guys, right? Maybe five. The five guys that work out in the gym during the day, they do legs twice a week, but the rest of the time is completely spent on 
making sure that Battlefield 19 or sorry, Battlefield 2076 is working perfect, right? Betafield. It's Betafield, sorry. Buttery smooth, bro. They need to call that guy from Hardline. From Hardline to get it buttery, buttery smooth. Buttery smooth. Call, well, here, here's the thing. I, last week, the guy's name. Last week, they said that they're going to fix the maps. I read an article this week that said they're fixing the vehicles. Now, this makes me laugh. They're, they're taking out the 128-level maps. They're making smaller maps. They're fixing the vehicles. They're fixing the maps for eyeline, sight, and traversal, and all this stuff. We just read about Halo, about not having and hiring people to make the game work, right? Still no co-op in Halo. Still no Forge mode in Halo. Still, Why would you need that? Why would you There's still that? no new maps I, I, in fact, Halo. I don't even know what you're complaining about. You got a campaign, and you got Halo multiplayer you can play until your fingers bleed. Right. Case closed. Yeah, you don't you need guys got else. a game. You, don't need anything you guys else. got a game. Right? You got a game. I so, mean, you didn't get Forge right away anyway, right? You got Forge later on down the road when they released Forge, right? Well, no. You got a campaign. Forge was always there except for Battle, for, uh, except for Halo 5. Shh, shh, shh. Oh. I don't know that. They're, oh, sorry. They're still young. Sorry, they don't yeah. know that. All you got, you got a campaign, and you got a multiplayer. You're done. Done. To check mark. Done game. Battlefield is in the same problems, right? They've already moved on. They're already making another Battlefield. They don't give a shit about this Battlefield. Straight they, into they it, have though. enough people like, because they're straight, obligated. Straight in there. They're obligated to sell you the stuff that is already there, right? They, they already paid for it, $120. People paid for it. Lots of people paid $120. Lots of people. Those people probably won't ever come back. We won't mention them here, but I think we should gather all the names up and put them on a list. Have it go past, play at the end of the at the end of the show. Sarah McLaughlin. Everybody, everybody who paid one twenty for Battlefield yeah, seventy six. We, 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 the names go up. We, we we play Sarah McLaughlin as as they as those names scroll yeah, by. Yeah. Where the pets are dying. Yeah, yeah that's that yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> so, the state of live service games are in bad shape from just this, these two examples, these two examples, okay, where they're struggling six months out of the gate, okay, they both came out the same time, they're both struggling, they're both hiring people and using people to obligate because they already paid for stuff. Now, Halo's in a better situation than Battlefield because if it's it's on PC and Xbox and it, people didn't pay $120 to get the game, they they didn't pay anything or they they paid $60, right? Where Battlefield, I'm sorry, Betafield 2076, they paid 60, 70, 80, 120 dollars for this game, and it's nowhere in sight to be done. Okay, nowhere in sight to be done. Um, it took them, it took them six months to fix the scoreboard. It took them seven months to fix the the vehicles. It took uh seven to eight months to to fix the maps. So and by and by fixing the maps, what they did is they put some cargo containers. Yeah. <laughs> along the way, <laughs> so there's some cover. Yeah, between between uh, uh, I think it's Hoboken and Cairo. There's a there's a couple boxes that are there, so you can hide behind them. That's right. They made better eyesights and cover oh. and stuff. Yeah. So, Sarge, going forward, do you think the live service games change, or do you think the business model of live service stays exactly the same as is, and people keep purchasing if you and keep purchasing? If you keep buying games like this, they are not changing a goddamn thing. It doesn't matter how much we bitch about it. If they hit their number on the first two weeks of release, telling you the world, and you hand them over money, that you thing. have to wait six to eight months to wait for a game to be fixed, then they ain't changing a goddamn thing. Not, not one thing will they change. 
If you don't buy that Halo's game, has got a grappling one, hook. Like we've been saying forever. Like if you don't buy the game day one, as a matter of fact, you don't buy it month one. You just sit and you just sit and look at the screen. You watch the guys who review it, and you wait and let them and let them sweat. Well, I let I, them sweat. I I think Krebsy Krebsy says the problem is leadership, not the live service. He said love service, but live service itself. I and I I'll push back a little it bit is, on that. It is not a live service. Well, I'll, I'll push back a little bit on that. Right. I don't think it's leadership. I think because we, we read a story three or four shows ago that talked about how the de the developers don't like live service games. The developers don't like live service games. The companies like live service games. The customers like live service games, but the de developers themselves don't like live service games because it's possible to keep yeah. up. It's unattainable for them to keep up with the problems. They would have to basically work on a game for three to five years. And then release it at five, and right. then already have seven involved in it, right? They would already right. have it and preloaded. Five people have to reach into the hat of doom, yeah, and they have to pull out names, and whoever who's, gets who's going to still work on it, right? You get to work on the yeah. game for the next five years. So that means you're yeah. working on one game for ten years for a decade, yeah, for, right? For decades, it's up to you to keep this game going. Yeah, that's what we want. We want burnt out, strung out, uh. Just overwhelmed developers working right. on the same game for a decade because live service matters. Live service matters. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here are the two models, and they'll, and they'll be like this for a while. Model number one is make a game, sell a game. Model number two is you make a game, everyone seems to like it, but you don't have enough time to make a sequel right away. You run. So you make DLC, right? And you That's run. That's it. Yep. That's it. The third one is all out in left field. It's called MMO. Which is actually a live service. service. Yeah. Yep. I'm 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 done playing with words. I'm done. The, the live guys, service tag. You guys gotta figure this out, man. The live service tag shouldn't, shouldn't be for giving these them games. money. Yeah. I. Uh, who do you blame for this live service stuff? Was it Destiny? Destiny, no, the no. first live. You service? blame leadership for live service. No, 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 because... no. What I'm saying for the genre is it Destiny is the first live service game. What was the first thing that they started saying? Live service, live service. Well, Anthem. Well, Anthem was after the game. The game had to come before Anthem, so games of his lives of live service had to come before Anthem. Well, Destiny came before Anthem, uh, but Destiny, I think, is considered live service, even though technically it's MMO. Fortnite came after. Uh, Fortnite came after Destiny. For, uh, uh, Destiny came out in two thousand fourteen. Right, September of two thousand fourteen. The, the words solidified themselves sometime around 2014 15 as live service. Right, well that's what I'm saying. Is it was there live service before Destiny? The the words Water were says the Anthem never way. existed. Yeah. Uh, words the words probably were there. They weren't the same vocabulary, but the word the meaning of it as an always always updating game. Yeah, but that that's always been a thing with with MMOs. MMOs have always been the true live service model. But they don't call MMOs live service. They just call them MMOs. That's correct. Right? Uh, it's, it, Melrose asks, is Destiny a, really an MMO? It wasn't before, but it, it was. It wasn't before, but Kevin said yes, so yes. Melrose. Yeah, so now it is. You got you to tone that back, kid. Yeah. He came out and said it. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. It we called it MMO. Nobody else believed us. Then one yeah. fine day, there was a, a, a video comes out, and Kevin came out and said, we're an MMO. Yeah. Okay, yeah. thanks, Kev. They, they they talked about it as you know, it's a live service game. We me and Sarge said no, it's an it's an MMO. We called it light MMO MMO. 
And then Kevin came out, what, two years ago and said, Destiny's an MMO. And then that's that's it. It's in the Case books closed. now. Yeah, it's in the books now. Uh, Anthem is uh, is apart from even though even though if you release if you release a DLC once a year, you know, I still I still think it's it's in MMO territory. I look, I think I think Destiny's at this time is doing a, a decent job keeping up with content. Well, it's because it's the it's easy to keep up with content when it's the same content. Right, it's the same content and it's been right. out for seven. If I years. give you if I give you a bit a different backdrop, but all the mechanics are the same, but I change the photos of the items that you're going after, you can call it a live service if you want, but really it's just the same game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm not I'm, I'm not collecting, giving... I'm collecting apples in February, but I'm collecting <laughs> watermelons in August. Right, right. And yeah. I'm collecting Christmas trees in January. Yeah, don't forget the candy. Like, you got the candy during Halloween. Yeah, but it, it's, but it's the same. baked cookies in the yeah. in the in the You you can call it live service, but it's yeah. it's the same. I I just want to know though is is do we see do we see a shift in this Sarge going in the future like 5 years from now? Are we going to have more live service games or are we going to have less live service games? Oh no. No, no. As a matter of fact, whatever I'm about to say right now you should go right into the Ubisoft story afterwards. Okay. All right. Because, because what's going to end up happening is either you're going to have a live service games, multiple of them. Yes. So people are going to bounce between them waiting for whatever is going to be updated next. Right. You're in the, you're in the ec ecosystem. And so you just keep jumping from game to game, whatever one happens to be updated live service next, or you're paying for a subscription service. Either way, either way, it's one of those two. Either you're going to be a subscription service person, Game Pass, MMOs, excuse me, or you're going to be paying for a live service. Well, which to me is the same thing. Well, we know that Ubisoft, the next story, well, we'll go right into it, right? Ubisoft is doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down with live service, right? But the, the, the main thing is, this is also from Bueller News. They had a, the, the topic. We've talked about this, but they, they broke it down of what is Ubisoft doing, right? They're in like a niche market and they're hitting everything in that niche market, right? So they have Rainbow Six Siege, Rainbow Six Extraction, they have Division 2, they have Division Heartland, they have Ghost Recon Breaking Point, they have Ghost Recon uh, Frontlines, they have Hyperscape, they have X Defiant, they have Pathfinder, they have Splinter Cell, they have Rainbow Six Mobile, and they have Division Mobile, okay? What so, the fuck? Now, think about this. What are you doing? Yeah, so... Division Heartland is a Tarkov-like game. Ghost Recon Breaking Point, which is a dead game now, we'll talk about that in a second, okay, is an open-world type game. Ghost Recon Frontline is a Battle Royale type game. We have Hyperscape, which is also a dead game, which is a Battle Royale game. Then you have X Defiant, which is an arena shooter. Then you have Pathfinder, which is not out yet, which is also going to be a Battle Royale game. All right, And then you have uh, Splinter Cell, which may be a focus on, on more of a shooter-slash-mode, you know, single-player type stuff. And then you have the, the mobile games. That's just their first-person shooter games, okay? First-person, third-person shooter games that are happening, okay? So they have their first-person covered. They have their third-person covered. They have their Tarkov-like covered. They have their open-world covered. They have their Battle Royale covered. They have their, right? They have arena shooter cover. They have all of these things. Now, the reason I bring up all of this is Ubisoft, are they really, are they really putting any effort? Now, they're a big company. They have about 700, 800 employees, okay? Put this in perspective now. Battlefield only works on Battlefield. Dice only works on Battlefield. Let me let me bring up something real fast. I want I want to bring up 
how many employees Dice has? Right? Dice game. No, that's the wrong one. Uh, what's what's Dice's uh, company's name? Is it is it um? Which one? Dice, Sweden one. What, what's the company called? It's called Dice Entertainment. Dice. What's what's a uh, chat? What's what's Dice's? Uh, I'll just put Dice video game. Uh, okay, it's just all Dice Video Game Company. Okay, they have seven hundred and fourteen employees. Now let's let's think about this for a second. Okay, Dice has seven hundred and fourteen employees, and they're making Battlefield. That's it. That's all they're making is Battlefield. Okay, and they can't do it correctly for a live service game. Okay, now I'm gonna look up Ubisoft for a second. But the game wasn't a live service before, and they still couldn't do it. Well, the reason I'm bringing this up, Ubisoft. Okay, Ubisoft. How many employees do they have? Ubisoft. Uh, um, Ubisoft game employees. They no, that can't be right. They have nineteen thousand employees. No, that's got to be all of all. That that can't be. Ubisoft has how many employees they have. Wow, they do. They have 18,000 employees as of 2020. Ubisoft. Ubisoft Entertainment has 18,000. Well, that answers the question. Okay. That's Dice, why you have that many games. Dice has 700 people. Ubisoft has, has 18,000 employees. Okay. So, looking back, looking back on, on the... On the uh, looking back on this now... They have Rainbow Six, The Division, Ghost Recon, right? They're making all those games. Those are just the shooter games now, Sarge. Those are just the shooter games. Now, let me let me read you the other list of games that they have coming, which is Skull and Bones, okay? Now, we had already 15 games for just shooters. Then we have Skull and Bones, Immortal Phoenix Rising sequel, Splinter Cell Remake, Assassin's Creed Rift, Assassin's Creed Infinity, Far Cry 7 is rumored. Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake. Prince of Persia New. The Crew 3. Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Roller Champions. Beyond Good and Evil 2, if that comes out anytime soon, in the next 20 years. Oddballers. The unannounced Star Wars game. Okay. The unannounced Avatar game that's coming out. Okay. And Sellers remake. Okay. So we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. We have 25 to 30 games coming out within the next two from this. Right? Most of those games of the shooter are all out, except Pathfinder and, um, and, and Frontier, or whatever the, the yeah, Hardlines, Heartland. Okay. What the fuck is Ubisoft doing with all these games? Because they're all making live easy. service. They want to make it That's all live easy. service. Easy, right? When you have that many people, you have to have your pipeline has to be moving. You have to be making money, right? With that many people. So if you were to spend, I'm, I'm, I'm making up numbers now. I know, I know that Grand Theft Auto is expensive. I'm just gonna make some numbers up. Like let's let's call let's call a game just a hundred million, right? If they spend a hundred million and they only get this much of traction from it, right? But if they spend eighty million and they get the same amount of traction. Then Ubisoft is not in the in the business of making a video game. 
they're in the business of making a product, making right? half-assed video games. So we have to just, I have to spend X number of money to get this much return. And so I, I check off the boxes by making a game in each genre that I need, first person, third person, RTS, action RPG. And I make sure each one of those comes out every year, right? So I get some type of return for the amount of money that we invest. If you're a small company, the game that you make is important because that is your money. That is the money you need to make. So the game has to be good. It has to draw people in. You want to solidify a, a good community of people that are going to follow you to the sequel. Ubisoft is not in that anymore. Ubisoft is just, we are making product, right? We don't know. We, we know our, we know the entry point for our games is right around <laughs> six or 7 million people, right? So if we know six or 7 million people are involved in it, we know around about how much money we're going to make per game. And so how do we cut costs in order to make the same type of game, but we make it more efficient. So we make more money because we have got to make games. It's a business. It's not about art in their instance, because they have a lot of people to worry about. Right. Income has got to be coming in. Okay, Ubisoft, so Ubisoft is like a grocery store. Them, yeah. Yeah. Live service for them means that if the game is good, bad, or indifferent, doesn't matter. If it, if it's bad, the people who are still in it are going to pay money to keep in there. 20% and so they, 80%. They, yeah. That's correct. So they're going to make their money one way or the other. Right. It just happens to be Ubisoft's well, deal at this point. That, that goes back. That goes back to my statement last week. How many people need to be in a game for it to be successful? And I think Ubisoft doesn't need a uh, million. No, I don't even think I'm gonna tell you, I, I don't think they need that many people, especially with 30 games on the fucking market, 15 of them first person shooter games or third person shooter games. But you're not, but they, the they could take, matters. they could take, no, I understand that. But the 5,000 people that are playing are the hardcore season ticket holders that no matter what happens are there. Like if you look at a game like, uh, Marvel's Avengers. It only has 250 people playing it, but those 250 people play it all the time, nonstop. They spend the money every single week for 25 bucks or 14 dollars, whatever the skins are. Right? That's what I'm talking about. They don't need to have two million people that don't spend anything. They just need five thousand, ten thousand people that pay a dollar, or pay five dollars, or pay fifteen dollars for the microtransactions, or for their NFTs, or for whatever they're doing. Right? And when you have that many games coming out. Viking says, I thought they said that AC is not going to be a live service game. Ubisoft went down and said, right, said that all games, they're, they're banking on live service games. Now, I don't know if Assassin's Creed in general is going to be a live service game, but majority of the games coming out for Ubisoft is going to be a live service uh, uh, aspect of it. Right? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to them because they've reached the point now where they have to sell product, Right. They don't have to sell the best product possible. They just have to sell a product. Right. Mediocre product. And, you, and how long how long has Ubisoft been doing this? I'm pretty sure they years. have it down. I'm pretty sure they have it down now. They know exactly what their market is. They know exactly how much the 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 introduction is, like what the new people coming in is, what the percentage is. They've been doing this since 86, in, man. They've been doing this since right? 86. They've been doing this a while. So years. I'm pretty sure that them making 25 or 30 games over the next five years is pretty much what they have to do to survive. And so live service to them just means more residual income for the finite amount of time that someone will be inside their game, right? Because let's be honest, how long do you play a game for? And I mean in the game before something new comes out and now you no longer have time 
to play any of the game that you had before. I'm moving on. Right. I'm moving on to the next game. Now, if you're a person that has a small demographic of games, you're a first person guy, you don't like RTS, you don't like action RPGs, you're a first person shooter guy, that means you have more time to spend in first person games. So now maybe you have three or four first, first person, person games right. that you're bouncing that you're bouncing around on, right? Maybe there's two out of those that you actually put money into on a regular basis, right? So you're their market for that type of game. I think like that's how that's how it works. I, I think eventually people run out of time because the next game is coming out. Right. Ubisoft right? Ubisoft wants to make sure that look, you like Tarkov, we have a Tarkov like game. You like Battle Royale, right. we have a Battle Royale type you game. Battle Royale. You, you want you want PvP in Dark Zone, we have one of those games, right? Right, right. They Got have that. one of each things for that. So it's a niche market within a niche market, right? They're like, hey, you like Fortnite Battle Royale, you might like ours. You like Tarkov, you might like our Tarkov thing, right? So they're they're constantly giving it out to to whoever, and then they have the other games coming in like Skull and Bones and, uh, and all those other stuff. Look, I here's what I see happening. Right? Yes, the population of gamers keep getting bigger and bigger okay? every year, every year, every Ex year exponentially. A matter of fact, I'm pretty sure if we looked back at when Destiny came out and now, okay, which is eight years. Yeah, they, they, they still eight years. They still have right? like 20 million okay. people playing. Okay. So eight years, think about it now. Eight years is two full cycles of middle middle school and high school. Yeah. If you were eight, you're two 16. Full cycles. Right. If, right. So think of all the people that were in middle school. Now they're in college. Right? That group of people playing video games. Right. Next group of people coming in, starting to play video games. That's what it is, right? The number just gets bigger. It doesn't go down. As a matter of fact, I don't think it will go down for no. quite a while right. because well, everybody involved now is involved on some level of gaming. Well, the reason I'm saying it's going to go up, and again, they don't care if they have a million people playing all their games at the same time or a million people playing one of their games, right? What's going to happen is there's going to be so many games and so many live service games that all games you are going to have 15, 20 games of live service, okay? Let's just say five years from now, there's going to be like 20 games of live service across all platforms, all different companies, all different things, 20 games. None of them are going to have a huge amount of people playing any of the games, except, no, the for, like, except for like one, which will be like the Google or, you know what I mean? Like, right, but the people who are involved in those games, the, the small number, like right. maybe the 10,000 or the 20,000 right. people will be paying the 20%, will be the, the, paying the 20% for the 80% profit, right? right? So as long as those people are in that ecosystem, they're going to be making more money for the game, even though the game might not be there as long. Uh, Reese, yes, that's correct. AC Valhalla was the best-selling uh, AC game of all time. Yes, you are correct. Uh, that's that's the issue. The issue is is how long can we keep them engaged, and how much can we extract for them before the next game comes out? Because if 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 you're the kind of person that likes a bunch of different games, right, you are not going to be playing the same game. Unless it's one of those mega games for a long period of time, right? That's how it goes. You you only have so much time. I I I think that's what we get though, right? We get a bunch of subpar games. They might be fun in the beginning, but then they get kind of run down, and then you just have the 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 big waves leave, and the small hardcore fans stay within that in that in that bracket, and then Ubisoft just has the next game that's coming out. Like, hey, you like that one? You you didn't play that one anymore? Well, here's the next shitty game we're making for you. I got a stupid analogy. Right, there's a bunch of glasses lined up in a row. Okay. 
right? And there's a wave that comes over and crashes over top of the glasses. And the glasses don't move because they're glued down, but a wave comes over and crashes on the glasses. Now, depending on how far, how fast and hard the wave comes in, some of the glasses are going to be capturing some more water than others. Right. Whatever the wave of people that's going to play the game, right, passes over the game. Those who like the game stay in the glass. Those are the ones that are going to stay in there, play the game for a long time. But after a while, the people start evaporating from the game, right? right. And the glass eventually will be empty until the next wave comes along. It's the same type of principle. They, Ubisoft has got the business model down where they've got enough mediocre games that are decent and they cover a wide swathe of the industry to capture enough people in order to sell enough games to keep 18,000 people paid. Right, right. Right? That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, right? Yeah, like on a on a 300-person studio, it's something like 7 million, maybe 10 million a year just in labor. I, I like to just know. In just in labor. I, I so like if to you're know. at 18,000, Okay, you gotta be you gotta be selling some games. Chat, this you gotta goes, be selling games. This goes out the chat and anyone that's watching after the fact. How many Ubisoft games do you buy a year, on average? Right, like do you buy every single Ubisoft game that comes out? If you buy Assassin's Creed, you get Division as well. If you get Division, do you also get the right? How many you buy? I buy. I used to be a big diehard fan for Ubisoft. Right when As first Assassin's Creed came out, I have Division One. I have Division Two. But I don't, I don't think I have anything else from Ubisoft, right? So I, I would say maybe one. One every two years or so. Leave it in the comment section down below. And also live chat letting us know, right? I, I really... I mean, I, ha I have the Division. Or, oh, excuse me, the yeah, division you have two. Division and you have Division 2. Yeah. I thought they were decent games. Yeah, they were fun games. I, what, we, but, but you also again, got Division 2 well after the fact, right? Yes. You didn't buy full price for it. I played day but, one, or well, actually two the, weeks after. The factors, I it. the factors in that game are specific. Are specific. It's a multiplayer game. Am I going to be playing with my friends? Are they going to be into the game? Are we going to get on weekly? Is it more engaging? Yeah. So I'm looking for specific gear to do specific things. It's not just a solo experience where you're trying to level up things and just run around. Here, actually, you know? Wolverine brings up a good point. I was interested in Division, but the lack of content updates stopped. That's one of the things I brought up, and I'm glad you said something in chats because now it, it brings it back to my head, right? They stopped supporting Division 2 to go make fucking Heartline to be a Tarkov-style game, right? They stopped working on Division 2 so they could go make uh, Hyperlink or whatever the fuck it's called, right? Was it worth it, do you think, to stop working on that game, make a brand new game that they don't even know is going to make it, right? Hyperscape crashed and burned. Now they have X Defiant or whatever it's called. That, that they worked on, and then Pathfinder as well. Is it worth a game that was popular? Division 2 was a very popular game. It had better reception than Division 1, even though I kind of like Division 1 a little bit better. I like the survival in Division 1. It's one of my favorite game modes probably in any game. I loved like going in the snow with the snowstorm, trying to stay warm, find warm clothes, get to the dark zone, and extract. I thought that was a great game mode. I was looking forward to that if they brought it into Division 2. All of a sudden, Division 2 is talking about live service games, they knew that there was an end to it, and they knew how popular it was, and then they let it die. They let no. the game die and said, we're still making content for it, but we're not going to update it for a year because they went to work on Heartlands instead. I, I, I disagree, right? They, once again, Ubi's been there a while. Did they hit the number for Division 2 that they wanted? 
I think the they answer did better. probably is yes. Yeah, I think they did better the than yes. one. So. so they're completely okay with splitting off their people and sending them to make the next game and have bare minimum do an update for a game because they already have the money. They already have the people that are involved. Next game. Next game. Now, Wolverine stopped playing, but he played. Right. I stopped I playing played. as well. Yeah. Right. I, I stopped playing well. How long are you engaged with the game? How long? I, I, was, I was engaged with that game until they said, we're done. And they said, we're coming out with new content, but a year from now. And I was like, you knew it was coming to an end. We knew it was coming to an end. It was a live service game. Why didn't you keep supporting it? And instead, they went to go make Heartlands, Division Heartlands for free. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, if, if there's no reoccurring revenue that warrants them to stick a flag on the ground and to, and, to, and to actually take over more land to make more product, they move on to the next one. Right? Well, it's much easier to sell and hype a new game than it is to keep people coming back to the same game with updates that aren't a factor. Well, here, here's leading into the next topic, right? The next topic is about the NFT. What happened to Outriders? Anyone want to tell me about Outriders? Outriders is still there. Any, anybody want to talk to me about it? It's got an update coming out soon, I think. Does it? I, I don't remember. I think it does. Right. So the next thing I want to talk about is same company, but now we're going to talk about NFT Corner. All right, so NFT Corner, once after, this is, this is a, a, a tweet from SkillUp, okay? SkillUp, months after announcing a new program of NFT-based cosmetics, Ubisoft has seizing further development of Ghost Recon Breaking Point. Imagine if someone had spent big dollars or investment huge hours to get these NFTs thinking their asset, their asset would be appreciated in value over time, right? This is a game that came out. Wildlands came out and they stopped supporting Wildlands so they could bring in Breaking Point. And then Breaking Point's been out for two years. They didn't really update it much. They didn't really invest their time into it. They put this fucking, uh, these um, uh, ports NFTs inside the game. So you pay 500, 600 hours into this game to get a helmet, to get a chess piece, to get a gun. Okay. And now they don't even support it anymore. Right. Now the servers are still up. So you can still go back and look at your. Your, your helmet or whatnot. But it's not like they're taking that and bringing into Division 2, right? They would just have to make it again into Division 2, right? That's how game design works. They're not going to be like, oh, by the way, the thing that we made for, for uh, break, uh, whatever the fuck, breaking point, okay? Oh, that's also going to be in Division 2 for the update. No, they have to recreate that stuff into Division 2. If they use the same engine, it'll be easier but it still has to be an asset that they have to make for the for the actual game itself, right? So they're not they're not even putting effort into it anymore. This was two months ago, Sarge. They came out with these NFTs, or four months ago, and then all of a sudden, now they're not supporting it anymore. This is a big red flag for me, personally, okay? I I said from the beginning, NFTs, no fucking thanks. This is bullshit. Stay away from it. Don't, don't do it. And if they don't support something that they said they're going all in, Sarge, they're going all into NFTs... And then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, by the way, we're 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 backing off off this game. This game is done." Right. Do, do you know what kind Been of lawsuits, Do you know what kind of lawsuits you would have if someone spent tens of thousands of dollars in a game for NFTs and the game was canceled a year later? It's your time. Do you know what kind of lawyer? Do you know what kind of lawyers would be involved? Like I'm telling you, we're getting very very close to where laws for video games have to be looked at and changed, and consumer protections have to be founded and upgraded in the industry in the industry. 
Period. We're getting we're 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 on the precipice right now. We're we're all standing on the cliff, and and somebody behind you just keeps pushing you forward a little bit more. Right. Like between the NFTs and the microtransactions and the unfinished games and the the the, the pay to play and the the the, the pre orders, like there's no consumer protection on any of this. It's just yeah, we're making. It's it's the wild west, especially with NFTs. It's the wild west. Yeah. So the, the problem here is now that Ubisoft is backing off a little bit with the NFTs and they're not supporting it. Like I don't know what people they, they have the helmet. What are they going to do with it? They're looking at it on their cell phone and go, "Oh man, I spent six hundred hours trying to get that, and I, and I got it." I don't have any I don't have any confidence in their games moving forward personally because if they, if they don't even see through something they said that they're going to go through. And just months later, they're like, eh, I don't know. Why do I want to invest in any of their live service games if I don't even think they're going to support it for more than a year or two? You know what I mean? Yes, a year or two is pretty long. I mean, Marvel's Avengers has been out for 18 months, right? Destiny's been out for seven years. There, there's a lot of games out there that... Eight. This year will be eight. It'll be eight. Yeah, they're in seven <laughs> years. Yeah. It's two weeks older than my son. My son, my, my son was born two weeks. Oh, before. Yeah, before. Uh, so, I, I have no confidence in Ubisoft. I hate NFTs, but them backing down so fast after what they've what they done, how do I know they're not going to support their... How do I have the confidence that they're going to support any of these 30 games that they're coming out with more than in a year? Right? Are they why just going to be obligated to, should, to support it? Why should you think that way at all? What do you right? mean? Why, but why should it be in your head that when I buy a game, I'm concerned that I'm going to be involved in NFTs and I'm and I'm going to ba- I'm going to play it or not play it based on the fact I, that I don't think the game's going to be around anymore. I think, are we not are we not basing it on the fact that the game is good or not anymore? Well, no, no, I am, I am. But at, at the same time, when they when they tell me it's a live service game, right? They're 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 saying it's a live service game. You would assume the live service game is going to last for a, a year or two, okay? You would assume just based off it's a live service game, it's going to last for a year or two. If it's just if it, if they just told me it was a, a single player game or a regular game, I'll be like, play the game, finish the game, move on. But when they say it's a live service game, I'm like, oh, updates are gonna come you, in. Right. You want us to be around for a while. Right. You wanna you wanna hook me, you wanna keep me in the game, and then all of a sudden I invest my time in your game. I invest my time in your game. I invest my time to get whatever that I'm going for, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, sorry, we're it didn't represent it, so we're just but, we're just shutting it down. But you're not right. But you're not by that point. You're not a live service. You are a game waiting for DLC. Exactly. You which, are a game waiting for which, DLC. Which is why, if it's a live service game, I might just wait six months to eight months, see if it's a popular game, and then purchase it for a really cheap price. That way, if I, if I don't feel bad that I spent $70 on a game that they're not going to support, right? I'll pay $20 for a game that they don't want to support. The, 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 industry as, the industry as a whole would change in a month. And I'm being serious when I say this. In a month. If people would just stop allowing the hype to win, and when a game comes out, everyone just waits. You waited, you waited five years for a game that you're foaming at the mouth for. You waited five years. So three more months is gonna make your dick limp and you're not gonna be able to handle life right. if to wait an additional two or three months. If everyone didn't buy it day one and did no pre-orders, do you know how fast oh. Gaming would change one week later because they know now that we can't, they're not going to buy it day one. If it's garbage, they're going to just wait. They're going to wait to see if the game reviews, right? They're going to wait to see that the people who stream it are going to play it and what it's going on. There's absolutely, 
There is, to me, there's zero difference between waiting five years and waiting five years and three months. There's no difference. Right. There's no difference. And that three months causes them pain because whatever they hyped it about isn't factual. We wait for the actual people to play it and we find out. And they go, well, we can't do that again. Because then, then, then the statement will have to happen when they sit at the table and they'll go, well, you know what? Sales were really low. Like nobody's buying it, but it reviewed great, but no one's buying it right away. But they see sales get right get better as the year goes on because then more people start buying it later, just not week one. Chat says, or first in chat says, first loser says, I don't care how good a game is. If the game is fucking fantastic and they don't support it after a year, then what's the point in buying it? That's that's that's, that's what I'm saying. If it's if it's a single player game, if it's a like God of War, Spider Man, you know it's a single player game. It's fantastic. Is, you buy it, first, play it, and you're done. But if it's a live service game, it doesn't matter how how good it is if they're not going to support it. But let's be fair. Is first talking about a specific game? Is it a multiplayer game? No, I think he's talking is about a live RPG? service. I think he's talking about talking a live about- service. He's talking about any game. No, he's talking about. A, I would assume he's talking about a live service game, right? First, you're talking about a live service game, because that's that needs to be specific. Because I agree with him, but there are a lot of games that the game is the game and it's over. And it's over. So, what, you, what kind of a support are we talking about? If you're talking about live service, then yes, or or MMO. I would assume. I, I would assume we're talking about live service because that's what we were talking about. All right. Well, speaking of more NFTs, okay. Speaking of. Uh, or NFTs. After $600 million crypto heist, Axis Infinity team raises $150 million and launches another NFT game, right? So they literally got robbed and then they raised $150 million and they launched another NFT game. Now, what does, that, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? It says, stay fucking away from this. What does it tell you though? What does it tell you that if they got that much money stolen from them, not a big deal. They throw another 150 million into another game to make they money. raised. So right. Who do you who do you think's backing them? Right. What kind of salesman is in the office with the PowerPoint presentation, letting them letting them know what the possibilities of income are if we have NFTs in our game? Right. And they go, Well, that sounds incredible. Show us how you're gonna do it. And they show them the PowerPoint presentation. And then they go, Here's the game we're gonna do it. Oh, wait, someone just stole from us. They shut down the whole game, they ruined it. Don't worry about it. We'll just start another one. Don't worry about right. it. We'll just start another one. Another right? NFT game. And, and if you pay attention to the article, they, 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 how'd they get that money, Mike? It wasn't a loan, right? No, it's invested. It's investment. Invested money. Yep. Right. Invested money. Which means you had to sell those people a hell of a story. A hell of a story to get them to invest that much money for the game. So, it says last what, week. What's what's my rate of return? Well, we expect your rate of return to be twenty three and a half percent after the first eighteen months. Yeah. Where do I sign? Where yeah. do I sign? So the Vietnam based company behind the crypto game Axis Infinity revealed that the hacker stole hundreds of millions of dollars worth of crypto from its blockchain. Now Sky Maves realized that it's been attacked and users could not make a withdrawal six days after the breach. The company froze transactions on its compromised Ronin network uh, bridge. Now, Sky Mavis has announced it's re- received a $150 million investment and will be used to ensure that all users affected by Ron Vallard hack will be reimbursed. At nearly the, the exact same time, it's launching a new version of the game, Access Infinity Origins, according to Sky Mavis CEO, 
as as a uh, as a team have made an in, initial decision to focus on what lies ahead. Other crypto companies that work with Axis Infinity and Sky Maves, also enormous sums tied to Web3 and NFTs, led to list the names of brought to the bailout Sky Maves instead of potentially seeing it collapse. The list includes crypto exchange Binance, Web 3.0 promoting venture capital firm A16C, uh, Akonoma Brands, which owns Sandbox, and amongst several others. Uh, now Sky Maves says that it plans to reopen Ronin Network Bridge after undergoes a security upgrade and audits try to detect if there's any other wacky uh, weakness. Okay. Uh, it also reopened transactions with the network according to the exchange. That means the individual users will be able to withdraw their funds. Sky Maves team says that March 23rd heist, that again was unnoticed until March 29th, went to users, tried to withdraw their funds and couldn't. Was social engineer taking advantage of vulnerabilities from trade-offs made attempted to reach the mainstream adaptation. Uh, will also remain uh, committed to making players whole using their own funds, combining the investment of 56,000 Ethereum uh, nicked from Axis Infinity, uh, DAO. Treasures will also be under-colorized uh, 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 while the company is law enforcement trying to get the crypto back. Their plan is to wait two years and then have a DAO vote on what to do next. As far as the stolen funds, about 168,000 Ethereum worth over $540 million as of writing remains in the wallet where the thief or thieves uh, left them. Attempt to launder a, a haul that size is a problem since anyone can see transactions made on blockchains as it will detailed in 2013's while crypto mixtures tumblers can also obscure the source of funds. Law enforcement organizations are focusing on them and even more carefully are washing such or washing such enormous sums could take a long time. So it's going to take two years to get everyone's money back from this thing that took six days to to figure out okay they lost 600 it was like 600 and like 62 million dollars in ethereum they lost look i'll say it once and i'll say it again stay away from nfts stay away from nfts okay doesn't matter the game that they make is really just a stupid fucking game anyway right all you're doing is collecting these little little creatures but not for the little kids not for the little kids it's targeting it's not for little not kids. For little kids targeting. Not for little kids. Not for the little kids. No, kid, no little kid has a cryptocurrency wallet. They don't need one. You earn in game. But it needs to be part of a blockchain. You have to have a wallet for a blockchain. Only if you're purchasing outside of the actual game. Otherwise, you're paying to you're you're earning in game. I'm earning in game. Look, 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 look at this game. This this is what the game is. Look at this. All you're doing, you're you're collecting these little like Pokemon. I I, I don't I, when I look at it, I just start to go to sleep. I don't know what the fuck it is. This game, I, I zone do you understand out. how I much money out. this makes a week? Thirty three million. Oh, I'm sorry, thirty three million dollars a day. This game is making. Yeah, thirty three million dollars a day in Ethereum. This this game is making. Think about that. The chickens were making a lot of money. Okay, earlier in the show, but this is making. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that numbers are accurate, but I'll give it a big number. No, it is thirty-three million dollars a day is, is what it was making. I don't know about the chickens, but but this this is right. It's 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 ridiculous. It's a completely different way of looking at the gaming industry. You're basically you're you're basically creating a platform that is no longer a video game. It is a a machine that harvests money. It's basically like a vending machine, right? Like that's basically what it is. If if the revenue from a game 
makes more a day than the actual purchasing of the game and what it took to make the game, then it's not about the game. It's a it's a it's a platform to harvest money. That's what it is. Right? It's disguised as a game, but it's just harvesting money. Here, I'll 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 look at it up for you guys because you guys don't believe me. You guys don't believe me. I'll I'll look it up. Access Affinity. I'm not doubting you. I'm not doubting you. I'm just saying, you know, we're 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 looking at two different things here. One is a video game, and one is basically a platform to harvest money. Right. That's what it is. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is. I I had the article and now I can't find it. It talked about. I I forgot to I forgot to save the file. It might be thirty two million dollars a week. I thought it was a day, which I was just like, get the fuck out of here. A day? I was like, that's that's insane. That's insane. I'll find it. And I'll I'll double check it. If I don't find it before this show ends, then I'll 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 talk about it next week or on a stream. Change my uh, fix my what I said. Okay. Next thing I want to talk about. That's the NFT corner. Let me let me close that segment out. I mean, it sounds doesn't it sound amazing? It sounds amazing that you made a video game that makes thirty three million dollars a day. What I really hear is, it's what it's it's basically the 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 sports betting, the sport book. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not, it's not an actual game. It's a it's a money harvester. <clears throat> All right. So the next the next one I want to talk about is Four TV. G Four channel comes to YouTube to. TV. Okay. G4 announces it's partnering up with YouTube TV to bring the channel to millions of subscribers watching YouTube service. Now, YouTube TV uh, owns streaming t- television subscription service, one of the top options, the cord cutters, looking to get away from the cable TV. At least 3 million subscribers are signed on to YouTube TV, which carries over 85 different television networks. G4 is now one of them, with the channel available for YouTube TV subscribers starting today. Uh, G4 VP Continent Distribution uh, Partnership offered the following prepared statement saying that fans have, have been asking that they're thrilled to join the YouTube TV. Hussein uh, says, explains that YouTube TV will be an entire point for G4 highly engaged audience. The idea for being that G4 is targeting video game players that tech-minded younger audiences, which will fill in with the YouTube's TV's streaming audience, is a way that st- a standard cable television provides may not mesh as well with. Okay. According to G4's numbers, in addition to YouTube TV, will bring in the channel potential audience of up to 125 million individuals. YouTube TV will join the growing list of G4 partners that include Cox, Figgity TV, Verizon, Fios, uh, and Philo. G4 is also collaborating with Twitch for unique and exciting partnership featuring programming on G4 Twitch channel. G4 also teases that the more distribution partners are planned to announce soon, G4's audience is going to continue to grow through 2022. The new era of G4 will be interesting to th- a thing to watch in many ways because G4 is trying to reclaim the nostalgia that may f- that many fans have been in the original channel. Now, it's brought back its hosts, including Kevin Pereira and Adam Sessler, but it also brought in a new talent of Austin Creed, 
and also there's also new programming like Scotty Woz, Wozniak, Scott the Woz. Overall, it's curious whether the G4 would suffer the same fate that the original G4, whether nostalgic programming is just isn't enough to carry the new audience able to get through gaming news from YouTube and Twitch instead of TV. At least, very at least, to support YouTube TV should help G4 work towards its goals. Now, I have a question, Sarge. I don't know if you know it. I don't know if chat knows it. I'm going to go out to the comments section out into YouTube. Does a channel like G4 now, that because it's on YouTube TV, does their channel still take, does that add to their videos? So, like, for instance, if they come out with X-Play and it shows on G4 on the YouTube TV, okay, the viewers that watch it on that, does it add it to the video to give it more promotion or is it separate? The TV is separate from the uploaded videos. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the difference. The same thing happened with MSNBC. MSNBC is in the toilet. The ratings are in the toilet. And when they went on YouTube and it's always at the top of the list on YouTube and they give them viewers, the same thing. It's the same exact thing. Guaranteed number of viewers went to MSNBC. So every year, every, every day it looks good or every week it looks good, even though it's not same thing for G4. Okay. Same exact thing. They get they get to be on YouTube now. They're put into the channel slot. Right. They, they don't have to worry about sent, views anymore. They're sent views. So their their entire record of views for their videos is all lies. It's been Correct. proven. It's Correct. been lies. So in order for them not to have lies anymore, once you go into YouTube, YouTube just sends you the number of people because of subscribers for YouTube TV, and then they cover it covers it. Well, this makes sense now because G4 TV they swapped X Play and G4 a couple weeks ago. So now X-Play has 480, yeah, 489,000 subscribers, which was G4. They took G4 down. When you type G4 TV into the search bar, nothing comes up. All X-Play stuff comes up for that channel, which means they struck the deal with YouTube, and now G4 doesn't have views anymore. It's just signed with YouTube. So now right. they just get fed views, and it looks like it's more popular than it that's actually how, is. That's how Peter and Paul steal from each other. That's how that works, right? As far as I'm concerned, Somebody I'll, who shall be nameless could have been fired for insubordination on a live on a live broadcast, but that's never going to happen because of woke politics. Right, right. So in order to save their ass, they decided to get in bed with other people that they know, with Twitch and YouTube. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that side of the fence all backs each other up, and so now you have a, a show that basically self detonated themselves. And then got put into a safety spot where they can get views sent to them, even though the product's not good. You can't have four hundred fifty thousand uh, subscribers and only have four thousand people I, watch a video. I I'm sorry, I haven't. It doesn't work that way. I haven't watched before since they came back. I said it before they came back. I said I don't know why I would watch them. Right? I, I said why would I watch them when you can get all your info from all other people? First of all, what G four was in the past is like what we are today. Right, they were low, independent, small little cable network that was just trying to make it. Right, they weren't like super corporate; they were like an indie company. The show the show was for nerds. Yeah, it was an indie company, even though it was it was big. Nerds, but they were they were scraping by, and they got popular over the years, and and they be, then they they failed because the internet evolved, and they didn't. Now they are part of the they're part of the the big brands. I don't want to support them. Everything about YouTube, okay, majority of the things I watch, is not big brand stuff. It's small guys becoming big, 
They're not part of a big corporation. They don't have a fucking LLC. It's a guy behind a desk talking about something, making videos from their bedrooms, okay? This is a big corporation. This is like an NBC. This is like an MSNBC. This is like a Fox. This is like everything else. And now they're just one of those companies, and I don't want to support them. I supported them way back when, but I don't give two shits now, especially after what the girl said months ago, and it imploded the whole fucking thing. We haven't seen her on anything. They canceled some of the shows. They swapped X-Play with G4, moved it over and switched it, and now they signed a big deal with uh, with YouTube TV to make it look like they're bigger than what they are. Right? That's correct. Their, their video counts prove that. The video counts prove it. You don't need to... You don't need to we don't have to call Scooby-Doo and the gang to figure out that the, the views on their, on their videos don't match up with their subscriber base. It just doesn't. So in order to hide it, you put them on YouTube TV. They're sent, they're sent subscribers automatically. Their numbers can, are padded based on whatever subscribers are on YouTube TV. And it's a wash. doesn't matter. Right? That's the beauty, that's the beauty of, of not, not being um, obligated to, to make proper product and then get canceled. Like actually fired from the actual television station. It's because everybody can do whatever they want. On YouTube, unless you cross somebody personally, and then all of a sudden you're 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 banned for life from a from a platform that's owned by no one. Strange, isn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to find out if the streaming service, um, how does it work? Like, how does it count the thing? Does it just count as a view? Like, it, it counts that that's a subscriber. So anybody, any channel that's part of the 85 channels is part of the 125 million people that that sub, right? They automatically. They just assume that they're watching that yes. stuff, right? right? Part of the how many people are watching cable? Same thing. How many when I when I when I go to advertise, right? This is back before YouTube stuff, and I go on a I go on a network network program and I say, okay, so what's the story with your advertisement breakdown here? They go, well, between the hours of this and this is how many eyeballs we have watching, and so what's the demographic you're looking for? And then, like it's. The advertisement for television and YouTube is very, very strange. If you if you guys want to do some research on it and you start looking some stuff up, I guarantee you'll be surprised, right? Just like you'll be surprised if if we're all watching the same television show, right? That certain regions of the country get a different commercial when the commercial break happens. Right. Same thing, same thing for YouTube television. I'm looking for a specific group of people to advertise to. Okay, so give us your breakdown. Here are the shows that we have that have that demographic that you're looking for. So let me put a 30 second spot and a two minute spot in these programs and pay that. And that's what we pay. That's how it works. Right. But if you don't have eyeballs, if I walk into the place and they say, well, how many people are watching? It's like, well, we don't know. Like, uh, all we know is we have 500,000 people who are subscribed, but we don't know what shows they're watching. The fuck you don't know what shows they're watching. You know exactly who's watching what. You know, right. otherwise they wouldn't be able to zero in and advertise so specifically to the areas of the country and demographics that they want. Can't so, tell me it's just it's a bizarre fiasco. So, on how so question question for chat: Does anybody have YouTube TV? Anybody in chat have YouTube TV? And does so obviously if I search on my YouTube. I'm assuming it's a different interface and stuff on YouTube TV. If I search in my search bar right now for G4 TV, nothing pops up. If you search in your search bar, G4 will pop up. Does it show kind of views or anything, Gator? Does it show views? 
Like, if you go to G4 TV, does it show views or is it just like television? It doesn't show anything. Just click on a channel and watch the show like you used to. That's what I would like to know. Uh, no, despite YouTube's best attempt to trick me into subscribing. Yeah. Because if that's you guys, the reason. You guys know, <clears throat> a, a sidebar, right? You guys might want to look this one up too. Did you also know, chat? That YouTube is also in multiple lawsuits because people who get banned in YouTube, like off of YouTube, like you're watching it, your 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 account gets banned for whatever reason, then they are collecting money monthly for your monthly subscription, even though you don't have the service. And then when you go to call them about getting a refund, they tell you that you have to do it online. But you can't do it online because you're banned. And so you have to call them. Meanwhile, every month, they keep charging you and they give you the runaround. There are multiple lawsuits going on right now for people who are paying for YouTube television, don't have YouTube television access because their account has been banned. The very strange set oh, of yeah, circumstances. I remember, remember Hog Law was talking about it. Very strange set of circumstances. Yeah, I got banned. Like, got banned and now he can't cancel the situation and they're still stealing 11.95 a month from him yes yeah that's against yeah. the law oh uh, so i'm it is but not according to the terms of the contract yeah, they just send him around they said well just go to this section he can't go to the section because he can't get logged into his account yeah. yeah that also will come out that that's also to come back to bite them in the ass because they're 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 starting to build a bigger case and it's not going to be just a class action it's going to be a criminal. It's going to be a criminal case. So because it's 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 malice with intent. You you willingly know you're taking money from somebody without providing them an actual product. So, so, so it's not like they're guessing. So Gator said that it's like cable. No views count on programs. It's just like cable uh, with a DVR uh, built in. That's correct. So, so, the, so the show now has a safe haven to do whatever it wants to do, which is be a outdated show. With woke guests and so, woke hosts, so they can be safe. One more question, then, Gator. If you're looking it up, so type in X Play, and does that pop up inside there, or does it take you to YouTube? Press X to doubt X. No. Uh, not going to get me with that. Just like with TV dinners, I'm not that dumb. I know you can't cook meal with your TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, live and pre-recorded shows them listed. Old TVs, you put it on channel five. Live right and pre-recorded shows listed. Now the pre-recorded shows, they don't have views on it, correct? X-Play was one of the programs. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. You gotta love the you gotta love the corporate world. So X-Play shows up on YouTube. Yeah, X-Play yeah, right, switched right to the top. Yeah. It goes right to the top. Just just like MSNBC. Remember, guys, MSNBC came out with a paid subscription model. They released it, immediately fired 25 people, and canceled the show because nobody wanted it. And that was in the first three days. But meanwhile, MSNBC is in the top slot on YouTube television all the time. Yep. Yep, as a series. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah, because I don't, I don't have a... But I was like, so they basically moved it because she killed it. Frost killed G4 well, no, they, TV. They, they killed their own T. They killed their own channel. 
Well, she no. What she, I'm saying she is, she she's the catalyst. But they, yeah, but they had to kill. She was the catalyst. She was the catalyst that happened. Two months after they came back, she was the catalyst that killed it. When she went on that rant, they lost nine thousand subscribers. It doesn't and, matter. They nine thousand subscribers, they, and they, they have the channels. people they want. They have the people that they want. Doesn't yeah. matter. Listen, in the in a normal world, you've been fired for insubordination. If anyone doesn't know what insubordination is, you can look that word up. But you're actually fired, not because of you're gay or you're woke. Or, or, or trans right. or whatever, right? Insubordination is an actual thing that you blatantly went on and did something against the company's wishes and made us look bad, fired, fired. But they can't fire her because of the air surrounding it. So we understand what this is. It's very simple. Uh, the last story I want to talk about real quick uh, is Back for Blood preps to launch Tunnels of Terror expansion. Um. Want to show this video and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. Now, I haven't played this. I haven't played this. Um, well, well, I'll just I'll just show it. Audio. So, Back for Blood is the zombie game that we tried and enjoyed it, but it was a little slow. It was a little sluggish. They've done some updates to it. They've they've done some uh, good things. They've added new characters. They've added a tunnel system now where you go underground to get loot. Now, I don't know if it's a looter now because I don't know why I would want to go down to get better loot because I can't keep the loot. You lose the loot once you're done with the boards, right? Like once you're done with the whole the whole mission, you are done. I don't know if they've turned it into a looter or whatnot, but it does seem interesting as far as what they've they've added to the game, new new characters, new suits, new weapons. Uh, I think me and Sarge might try this out next week. Um, I don't know if the update's free, though. I don't know if it's free or if you have to pay for it. If you have to pay for it, I'm not going to buy it because uh, I don't even play the regular game. But if it's a free update that comes through, then I'll check it out. To, we'll, we'll test it out and play it on, on, uh, on one of the nights here throughout the week. So has anybody, I know First was playing it, has anybody else or anybody else out there that's watching this after the fact, did anybody else play the game and did you enjoy it and are you going to get this DLC? Like, I want to like this game, Sarge. I did. I wanted to like this game because I wanted to have friends to play with, but the game just felt a little too unfinished, in my opinion, for some reason. I thought they said that all the updates were free. If it's free, I'll try it. it, it I know first you're gonna play it. Maybe we can have a third or fourth. We can we can run it with a with a group. I would like that because I don't I don't really want to play this game by myself. I want to play this game with friends and play it. That's the whole point of playing it. Yeah, not bad, but not awesome. That's the way I felt, Tempest. Like I just felt like it wasn't Left for Dead, but it wasn't shit. Right? It was good, but it wasn't great. Let me let me uh back it up a bit because it tells you what I why won't this won't let me do I can't back up I can't so it, it comes out with two weapons territories characters new map comes out April twelfth so. It doesn't say free anywhere, so but maybe it is. I'm, I'm, maybe it is free. I prefer killing, uh, killing floor two. I never. Oh no, I did play killing. I did kill. Uh, play killing floor. Yeah, 
don't know. I, I like Back for Blood, but I'm not in love with Back for Blood. It's just sort of like, again, uh, a mediocre game. It, 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 it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. It's a mediocre game. Is this something that you look like you'd be interested in, Sarge? I mean, it's already on the hard drive. What's what's already on Game one, Pass? What, so why not? What's, what's on? What's a little update going to do for me? That's what we no. should do. Sir. We should play uh, Game Pass Night. We should put Game Pass Night and just play a game. Play a game on Game Pass and just talk about it and review it. But review it because it's on Game Pass, not review it like it's a game itself. And go well, it's uh, it's it's all right. It's on Game Pass, so. It's a 10. But if it wasn't on Game Pass, it's a 2. Did you play the RFL Escape yet? No. I have not. Yeah. Oh, just refresh it? All right, let me let me refresh it. Yeah, it won't it won't let me it won't let me click on anything. Krebsy, listen. Halo is Halo. They gave you a they gave you a campaign, even though it's not co-op, and they gave you multiplayer. Eventually, they're going to give you your co-op and forge mode, just not right away. And as we've stated in the past, remember we talked about it last year. It didn't matter if the game was good or not. It would make or break it. Look, look at Mo. All it did is make Game Pass more popular. <laughs> look at Mo. He's coming in. He's already defending Artful Escape. Sar I, Sarge didn't say I, anything I bad it. about Artful Escape. Uh, Mo, did you like it? I like he, it. He wants like, me to play it because he enjoyed it, Mo. Calm yourself down, all right? Hey, hey Mo, Mo, I got I got myself in the right headspace, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Right? I got myself in the right headspace, and I played it. I thought it was a good game. Anytime someone I, talks anything about even, Microsoft, got, Mo's just here defending. He doesn't even hear anybody out. About halfway through the game, I got a little water in the eye right there. I, I thought it was a good game. What's, what's better, Sarge? It. Unpacking or Artful Escape? I, I, I played Unpacking. Which one's better? Listen, Artful well, Escape if, or Unpacking? Okay. Yeah, choose so one. If you if you actually... I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. I'm talking serious just for a moment. If you actually have OCD, like the actual thing, not that you're just an impatient asshole. If you actually have OCD, right? It's a good game for you, right? It teaches you how to put things away. It also would teach people who don't give a fuck about their own lives how to fucking live like a human being, right? Because you have to put things where they belong. Right. Like, I thought it was a good message. It was a good message. But as far as comparing Artful Escape and Unpacking, Artful Escape, hands down. But our, but the Unpacking game has a place, right? Listen, I, I know it sounds stupid. I like it when developers make games that subliminally or directly influence a positive life choice in someone's life. Like, learn how to cook. Learn how to clean. Take care of they, yourself. They don't teach right? this stuff in, like, in, in school like anymore, They don't Sarge. teach it in school, yeah, so if the game does it, at least you're, you're having fun with it, and the message should seep in. I think it's a good way for kids to learn. Yeah, it w did someone say? Do we? I think we said Game Pass three times. That's when Mo activates. Yeah, Mo. If anyone says Game Pass, the, the, yeah, the Mo Beetle is juice. The, Mo is the Beetlejuice of Game Pass. Yeah, he's the Beetlejuice of Game Pass. You say Game yeah. Pass three times. Mo doesn't Mo matter what here. Mo's doing in life. Hey, he could he be just he, could, he could be cooking dinner, and he's he's like in the middle of cooking a steak, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Hold on a second, I gotta log in." And he's like, "What are you talking about, thirty? Stop talking shit about Game Pass. Stop talking shit about Microsoft. He comes in. You say Game Pass three times, and it happens every single time. 
just like just like uh, Wolverine, he popped in right after we briefly talked about Destiny. We didn't even talk yes, about Destiny. Right. We, 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 we didn't even talk about Destiny. Destiny. We mentioned Destiny, and then 30 seconds later, Wolverine popped in, and he's like, what'd you say about Destiny? Did, we, did I miss it? It's how it is. I don't know what it is. It's I, I joke, but burning. seriously, it's it, that's how it is. <laughs> like I, I always picture, I always picture like Mo like on his phone, like on the cam, and then all of a sudden he goes, and he he, he jumps <laughs> out, he jumps <laughs> off the can right into his computer desk, <laughs> and goes it goes right into it, right into the stream. He knows. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love it. So that is the episode 305 is in the can. We do appreciate you guys coming out and hanging out with us. Uh, we do this every single Thursday, 8 p.m. live on Twitch and you like to help us out in any way, shape or form. You can just watch us. Uh, it's free. Uh, if you'd like to go above and beyond that, you can hit the uh, you know, well, free stuff is share, like, subscribe and hit the follow button over on Twitch. If you'd like to go above and beyond that, you can hit super chats up, You can hit the membership button on, on YouTube for as little as 99 cents. Uh, 99 cents. That's you'd literally buy 25, 25 skins on Fortnite for the amount of, of 99 cents, right? Like you have to buy 25 skins for $25. You can, you can sub to this channel 25 times, right? Or 14 times in Marvel's Avengers for 99 cents. Um, or you can hit the, uh, Twitch prime sub or the, uh, subscribe button over on Twitch. Uh, you don't have to. It's it's free every single week. We're here at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Generation X Gaming, a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories from the past week, and we rant along the way. If you like to watch this after the fact, uh, the live version of the show gets taken down, and then it'll be up in about two hours or so. It'll be uploaded, and then you can watch the past broadcast. It'll have all the stuff uh, 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 break down for you, so you can just go to the right story that you want to listen to. Uh, we do appreciate everyone that's been watching and listening to these shows the last couple of weeks. The last five weeks, we've had... Uh, Record numbers for us on, on Generation X Gaming, so we do appreciate you very much. Uh, we had our first Generation X Gaming break 3,000 views. Uh, it's at 3,300 views, which is uh, the first ever to break 1,000, to break 2,000, to break 3,000. Uh, maybe by next week, it'll break 4,000. Those and, bots are coming in handy, bro. That's right. And then all the last episodes have all broke over 1,000. Last week's episode's on its way to break 1,000, and maybe this one will break 1,000 as well. So I do appreciate everyone coming out and, and supporting us in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you guys have a wonderful weekend. Uh, I am back. Uh, there's no streams for the weekend. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we're off, and we'll be back on Monday morning uh, at 8 a.m. for the Daily Grind. Appreciate it very much. We'll see you guys on the next one. Take care. Game on! Two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming.